So you're saying like there's some natural sort of sort of brain behavior that we have. And all, all I'm saying is that like when it comes to like attacking the social media overlords like Mark Zuckerberg's and whatever, they bring you what they feel like is a useful experience and probably sometimes comes out with positive outcomes. Like maybe you can see your family's pictures and stuff on Facebook or something. But then what the congressman or whatever were attacking them for, that's what he brought up originally was that there's all these like negative consequences of social media behavior and how much is it the responsibilities of tech founders to solve all of this. So that's, that's the thing. It's like, it's, it'd be almost like you invented guns and maybe you manufactured them, but it's your, it's your job as a gun manufacturer to solve all the problems of people that do bad things with guns or something yes. like that. Like, and nobody talks for that. Nobody talks about this. These politicians also have the social media profiles and they pro promote political agendas in these social platforms. And that's a really unethical thing to do it. So if the person, Unethical, the political... Unethical, why? Unethical means that it's not, a, it's not a political platform, you know? You cannot promote a platform no, it's, like it's, a... It's whatever you want it to be. Like, the people will say whatever they want to say. That's the whole point. Yes. That's the but whole what, point. So you, extremely hot take. Yeah, how are you going to block this? Like, let's say you could block it. How are you going to do it? Like, yes. what isn't political? Any anything becomes political that's related yes. to human activity. So it's an it's an irrelevant thing to even talk about. Like, Buffy, have you um studied Randall? No, no, I don't think so. It's like she came up with objectivism, and basically it's the opposite of um Platonism. Like, but how would you apply it here in this like? Well, like. What would you change? Sorry. What would you change in the system? Uh, do you do you believe in a system where everyone can say whatever they want to say, or there's a there's a line drawn after which, like, wait a minute, those people, I don't the know, they, they probably shouldn't be talking about that nasty thing, uh, or whatever, right? No, I'd even extend that the op opinion of the first statement. I'd extend that to democracy itself. I'd have everybody with a cell phone able to vote on every bill. Yeah, that sounds reasonable. You can like, like democratize it more or something. Or at least everyone's yeah. opinion be be made. But then the problem is again, they'll attack the tech people because they'll say, Well, oh, it's not fair, or oh, you you censored some of them, or oh, you didn't have give access enough people, you didn't give everyone a smartphone, so now everyone can't vote or whatever. There will always be some political pushback. That's why I say like everything in this life is political. There is no such thing as a thing that doesn't become political um, at some scale or some level. And that's why what Bikram was saying was like, you know, oh, you can stop tech people from doing X, Y, or Z. Like if people know how to solve, you know, keep the sun from coming up tomorrow, by all means, you know, tell me. But re the reality is like, these are not things that are sort of solvable in a way. There, there, there's always trade-offs in other words. Every, every thing you adjust over here has trade-offs and consequences over there. There is no perfect solution for any of this stuff, is, is the thing. I, I am not talking about these political means, the agendas. I, agent, I am talking about the agendas. Like, they promote lies. 
the fake things and everything in these social platforms. Their personal opinions for their favors, and yeah, they do. Can I just say something? It's not possible to be a politician without lying. I, I dare you to try. Seth, so we let Zin have a hot take. She did say, like before, uh, Mahmoud said something. Can I have? Can I? Can I? You know, say my hot take. And each server spoker. Don't think you heard her. So, can we hear from Zin just so that we're not like going by political shit? I have shit. an extremely hot take. And I've never been able, and I'm also terrible with words, so I think saying it in this recorded space is a really good idea, uh, because every time I've tried uh, giving this hot take, I've upset a lot of people. So I, I think this is a great time. I have a little bit of pushback for Sefi, but, but I don't really think so. Maybe not, because he clarified it's it's not just war. But I think actually that uh like the concept of someone getting traumatized by seeing gore on a on a computer screen makes no sense like zero sense because it goes into like subliminal doesn't it no i i agree with that perhaps even uh us being i would say that we're too sheltered and that might have some bad consequences when you look at the world yeah. that we live I'm in. Not saying, most I'm not saying, states, by the way, hold on, wait. I just want to directly finish this. war, for example. I'm not saying that directly war like necessarily traumatizes you. I'm just saying that we didn't live in a world where you got that much exposure. I wasn't implying that the, no, the I know, exposure I know. is automatically good or bad. But you I know, know you, you I agree world. with, I agree with like just we have an information overload that we're probably not prepared for. But like war wise or like in terms of seeing death. I think that actually we're like way, way, way over um, sheltered. Sheltered, like you're, you're probably like ninety percent of things that are alive die by getting eaten alive. Like most <laughs> things that are alive get ripped apart. Uh, and the only when they reason die. we're not speaking German is because of um, the lost generation. You what? He changed the narrative. He's the only reason we're not speaking German is because last generation. No, so how did yeah, I, not I agree. Zin, in a way, no one's yelling at me. Zin, some people oh. like what what they say is like you know how hunters will say, "Hey, look, like you know, people make fun of us as hunters, or they say, why do you kill the animal?'" And they're like, "Well, we actually hunt the animal, we dress it down, we get the meat, we cook it, we eat it, we use all the meat and all the products and everything, and we actually have a, a more fundamental sort of like interaction with nature. We Respect. donate." These people actually donate more money to actual national parks and things. They actually clean up after themselves. They don't make a mess. They're not like the tourists that go to national parks, for example. They have like a more oneness with nature. So the, the, I think the point Zen's trying to make was that like, mm, it's like there is a certain desensitization and process from the imaging. But on the other hand, there's another coddling that we have in life with actual interaction with death. Another example of this is like, 80% of people now die in America, at least, in a hospital setting. They don't die at home and stuff. So a lot of children don't get exposed to their parents, their grandparents dying. And as a result, that creates a different type of world than one where you're actually exposed to that. And you accept death and you kind of have a different respect for it. But even <laughs> then, I don't think so. Like, I remember when my mom died, I remember being, I remember when I was first introduced to death, um, my mom did this and maybe you, maybe 
people would think this is like psychopathic, but I actually, like if I ever have kids, I'm going to do the exact same thing. Um, she brought me, there was a, we would take care of animals and a bird had fallen out of the nest and died. And my mom brought, brought me to it. She showed it to me. She explained, this is what death is. This what ha- is what happens. And I wasn't traumatized at all by that. But what did irk me was when my mom died, seeing her in the casket, like her corpse, they put like blush on her fucking cheeks. Like her, her skin was like green, dude. The process and of looking like, at bodies, I don't enjoy. And I deal with death for a living. Yeah, yeah but what I'm saying is like, hold on. What I'm saying is I think, I think the opposite. I don't think anyone like in first world countries has a real healthy relationship with death. Maybe you, because you work around death so often, but most people, um, it's not, it's like covered up and it's playing. No, I agree. Room. Most, most do not. Zizin, I've got be, a very similar. Be something that's dressed up to be something totally different. Death is something everyone's going to experience. It's something that everyone, you know, is going to experience. And I think uh, we are quite the opposite, unsensitive, like not sensitized enough. We don't see enough death. Like, so Zen, I'm in the, the same way we view. experience it. Zen is, is different than it was 100 years ago. Is all I'm saying. The the way that the mind mm. is interpreting gajillions of pieces of information coming in is not the same as like you having visited with your mom while she died, and it's a very different experience. And I'm just saying, the, the, to the point that Bikram was making, which is like, is this sort of unnatural behavior that people are elicited to have because of just widespread social media exposure? Is that the responsibility of like tech giants to fix it or not? And all of that is sort of like the root of this. And I think it really depends like on people's outlook in terms of whether like, I I feel like this is inevitable in the sense that like, this is the natural evolution of tech and it's like the sun shining the next day. There's nothing we can do about it. We just have to live with the universe that we've created. And I don't think there's something that can really be fixed about it definitively because every fix that you make creates other problems. Uh, but I, I fully agree my, with that. My hot take is I think part. we should see more. I think like I made myself watch those um some of those some of those videos of war because listen, dude, it could fucking yeah, happen. Then like, I agree. I don't think but... anyone in first world country if war hits us, we're fucked. Everyone yeah, no, Zen, so it's not just about one thing. Are we talking about World War Three now? Not yet. Zen, I agree with you to a point. Uh, natural things should be shown, but unnatural things should not be shown or advertised. And I, I know it's How hard. How is war not it. natural? It happens. I never. Every, I never. No, like, no, 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 no. I agreed with war. you. I agreed with you on that point. I'm just saying there are certain wow. unnatural things that should not be shown. For example, like, like uh, well, rape. You know, kids don't need to be seen on that. No one needs to see someone being raped on a goddamn video. It happens, but we don't need to see shit like that as an example. Child abuse, you don't need to see shit like that on a video. Shit like that should be blocked. However, the natural things that do occur in life, like you said, people, you know, death, it, it, it's, it's a completely not like... I want to go full hot take here. I want to, but it's the recorded state. But hold, no, I'm, well, going, I mean, to, I'm going to. I'm going to. How is rape right, how, how not natural? Is this how Wait, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait, is how is rape not natural? Bell pepper, ghost pepper, like, what are we talking about? In modern day society, it's not natural. We, we've kind of evolved past exactly, that. Well, exactly what you said. Exactly what you said. Ah. But this, it's almost illusory. And it's very fragile. Wouldn't you agree? Like, I think that the uh, rape that I saw, the things that I have seen have made me realize more. Oh, shit. 
that's what happens in war. I'm a fucking woman. This is like a this was an idea that had never come across my mind until the Hamas videos. That as it, a six-year-old hits me. No, 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 but that's a reality. If war hits us, it hits yeah. me. That shit is going to happen to me. I'm a woman. This is like an idea that has never crossed my mind. I think this is something that we should see and be aware of. As a six-year-old, you don't need that. We, we, like, I'm not saying change yourself like, and that's all. I'm just saying children do not need to see it. As an the adult, weird, the other weird problem is, I think I reasonably, the reasonably enlightened people assume that everyone can handle the same information, and this is simply not true. Remember, we talked about the different personalities and whatnot. There are some people that will see very, very like traumatizing things, and they will literally notice nothing about it. It's like, okay, whatever. The other person has a very, very different response to it, and the problem with the internet is. It doesn't really tailor the responses to your psychopathy. So the same way we talked about how like the dating app would end up being like maybe tailored to your particular thing and you, you know, the person you're meeting and it affects you the same way in this respect, like there are some things that the way that the brain processes all this information, a person with a reasonably high IQ, um, reasonable abstracting ability, and the reasonable to ascertain sort of facts from fiction, or at least like understand the realm of probabilities which by the way is only about less than 20 percent of the people on this planet by the way so the problem is is that like the type of information that we actually are exposing the human humanity to there are a lot of people that just don't know how to process that at all in a useful way and it's actually quite so it's, it's like elitist to say it but it's unfortunately true behavioral like but how is that possible this is where my hot take lies i do, mm -hmm. i understand that and i see that but how is that possible because well, when you what, look at like we have evolved for millions and millions and millions of years watching watching our relatives get ripped apart in front of us and raped and all of the terrible things that can possibly happen this is life this is the world yep this is nature. No, yeah. This is this is true. Okay. How how but are we in a society? How are we in a that. society that gets traumatized by seeing the most natural things that happen? Because if it happened to you, you would not feel that way for a start. You would call the police and you'd let the police handle it. Over the millions upon millions upon millions of years of evolution and the natural, as you like to put it, there were no police that would go and do that. The man would either go and kill the offender or he wouldn't go and kill the offender. We can't live life like that, and you wouldn't live life like that. I mean, obviously, you defend yourself, but if if you you know it doesn't the, work the like that is, anymore. The smartphone exposure is very different from anything before it in terms of just pure volume of exposure. Or it began with television, really, technically speaking. Like, but the the amount of exposure, our brains did not evolve over millions of years to handle that type of exposure. We have been uh, conditioned over millions of years to have fear responses to flight or fright and everything else all of the other, i'm not saying that anything that you see is um any different than what you might have seen in real life in the past it's just the sheer volume and the intensity and the the fact that like normally so people with an iq that's like less than about 90. let's just kind of talk about like people and by the way the average iq in america is about oh. 93. yeah so the average iq is about 93 in america on average and if you talk about someone below 90 so one of the things that like people below 90 don't have is a really deep, like abstract, a minimal abstracting ability and sort of like a minimal understanding about probability. So, for example, 
if you were to see um, 10 examples of children being kidnapped online in the course of like the news week, let's say, day after day, you heard this news, you're like, oh my God, my kid's about to get kidnapped, right? There's not a concept. These are not people that have a concept of probability. In, in your home village, when you were, you know, 100 years ago, 200 years ago before television, or before, like you know, you know, rampant newspapers. I mean, like ninety-nine percent of the planet didn't have access to very much news, really. Your version of reality was how many people got kidnapped in your village. This is the difference. It's the difference of magnitude, not so much the crime or what you're visually seeing. The magnitude and like the inability to assess reality. You believe that, like, okay, like if I go out, and and this happened in America, by the way. What happened in America was early late 70s early 80s there were some key kidnappings that happened one was the adam walsh story where like you know this guy um this kid adam basically was kidnapped in a shopping mall or something his dad became famous for doing the fbi's most wanted tv show and like the adam miniseries and i remember this as a kid because it was like a big deal and one thing was in the 60s and 70s kids played all over america all over the neighborhoods and ran around in suburbia or whatever they walked to school together, whatever. And if you look at the world today, you look at suburbia and most of the middle America today, what you'll find is everyone's driven to school or bus to school. You see almost no children out playing outside. People that come from outside the country, like, what the fuck? We're all the people. Um, so a significant portion of the country, no kids go anywhere because sort of like the national mentality became my kids going to get kidnapped. And I'm not, I'm not saying no, no kids get kidnapped either, by the way. This, this is the problem with speaking about this sort of stuff. It's if like you, if, people if that can, don't understand probability don't even understand one, the statements I'm making as being like, you know, examples. The, the thing is like the, the, the probability math in someone's head when they see shows about this sort of thing, if you're a, lo a relatively lower IQ or mid-range mid person, is your fear caliber is that like my kids should never go outside. And so what that's resulted in is lots and lots of kids, A, not going outside, not playing with each other. And when kids play with each other on the playgrounds and roam around with each other and, or they walk to school together, they look after each other. So there's like a camaraderie that comes with that. There's like a pack mentality that comes with that. And when you have that like just complete deterioration of socialization, then what ends up happening is, is that like, yeah, you get like a dropping birth rate but, and everything but else that happens because just secondary like effect, people right? don't have normal trust <laughs> behaviors they don't have any of the exposures that and zen is right like people aren't getting exposed to normal behaviors like for example if you get bullied on the playground and get punched once or twice then that's going to change your mentality a little bit it's going to like it's not like hearing about someone getting bullied on the internet you actually got whacked by someone and later you become friends because you know, your, your principal says okay enough with your bullshit you guys are now friends and now you become best friends so like there is a kind of a natural sort of tit for tat that happens in life that when you have like natural social behaviors and when you, 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 you essentially like block everyone from that, it's not good. And what the modern system has done, like with, with smartphones and everything else is it's just completely, um, and it began with television, honestly. And that trend in America where you don't see kids playing outside anymore is like a very deep one. I mean, you go to even like the richest suburbs and you see almost no children outside and it's weird. Like, like you come from another country that you come from even Canada and you're like, where's all the kids at? Like, are they locked up inside? And so when you got like things like school shootings and you get like sociopaths doing mall shootings and shit, like, and it happens in America, we have a deeply sort of like traumatized social, social fabric in a sense, in that, like the probability of you thinking your kid's going to get kidnapped has permeated throughout society to the extent that there's an on, on internet, there's like weird cults. 
Like there's these groups on Twitter and on Facebook and whatever that are like, they think they're like fucking social warriors against um, child traffickers. They're, they're literally, they're just people clicking buttons and likes on the internet. And they think they're like reducing child trafficking because they're hanging out with child anti-child trafficking groups. It's like a weird cult. It's like you're taking a, a problem that, yes, it's a problem. It's, a, it's maybe a problem of a certain scale, but you're blowing it up into, be, into like, oh, all the politicians, all of Hollywood, everyone's like trafficking kids. And this is like a weird rabbit hole they go through. And they love like playing that Absolutely. game. And you can, imagine they tr you, you can imagine how they raise their kids if they believe everyone around is going to kidnap their kid. So yes, sorry. they're going Hold on. I just want to say really quickly, I agree 100% with you on, on that, Sefi. And that, like, of course, our brains have, been, have evolved to uh, be afraid and take very seriously what we see anecdotally. That's what keeps us alive. So we're not, yeah. we're, it's, it's like one of the, the messy things that happens from technology advancing way faster than we're evolving. But what I'm saying on the other hand, that I just, I just want to clarify and repeat, is I don't think first world countries are exposed to enough visual violence, seeing, understanding what war is, what death is. And I think this could have possibly catastrophic consequences. It's if interesting. You, you know, you know, you people traumatized by seeing on a screen i mean you're not smelling it you're, you don't know that person if you're getting traumatized by that you're fucked if anything ever happens to you it's, it's not people used, to think that, people used to think that like um that video game violence would actually lead more to real world violence it turns out it ended up not being true like if you look at most of the school shooters and whatever even america Almost none of those people are actually people that were like hardcore video gamers or something. It's kind of weird. There's actually an inverse relationship with how many violent video games people played and how much actual real violence they do. That's a weird side effect, right? No, it like makes sense because we yeah. don't, and this is another thing we we hide away from in first world countries, is we all have homicidal ideation to an extent. This is like mm -hmm. a a part of our biology and we right, pretend right. like it isn't there. I, I think we have a really unhealthy relationship with things that we've deemed as a society to be uncivilized. And we prefer to just like close our eyes and pretend like it doesn't exist, but it yeah, does it, when it, you were a kid, from time to time. when you were a kid or sometimes when you get in a fight with someone, don't tell me you haven't had the thought, God, I wish I could just, you, everyone in here has, it's not that you'll act on it. I'm not saying that everyone's a psychopath or that I'm a psychopath. I would never do anything violent. But this is like a part of our biology and we pretend like it's not there. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Noob, you're saying? Yeah, so just wanted to add something here. So basically in the last 200 years, we had an excess, let's say, amount of money to spend on our police and statehood system, like legal system that kind of abstracts and builds a layer that protects us from all these bullshit that we had to take care of before, right? So it's a steady and slow process that actually happened there in our society. Now, it shouldn't surprise that if you actually have a technology that just outlines everything, what's fucking going on, every cruel thing in this country, and America is pretty big, so there's a lot of events per day that you could potentially see that this triggers you because it was abstracted so far away over a span of 200 years that you are getting like freaked out by these things, right? So I think this is just like, let's say it's, it, this is not very deep, um, 
let's say it's not a mystery what's happening there. It's very, very simple, right? Shit happened before and shit's still happening. Nothing has really changed. It's just like you felt more secure because you didn't have that kind of proximity to the events happening because it's just the country was lost and everything was far away. It took like two two weeks for news to spread through the country. And I was like seconds and everyone sees it. And of course, these images are triggering. And to since point, I think um, people are, um, let's say, way too complacent in the way they, they underestimate the effects. But on the other end, what Sefi was saying, which is also quite right, is like most people don't have the ability to go in this direction and abstract that much right from 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 what is really going on i mean there's a reason why police officers consider most of the public as sheep they do right they get they get this taught so yeah that's just the point of it and, and we're pretty smart people and there's things that we see on the internet we're like oh shit like okay i wish i could unsee that or like um you know there's some you know, local war some happening somewhere with some local atrocities and yeah, some people died. But, you know, we have like more people die naturally per day than they die in all the wars put together. Like, you know, we like so we don't sit there and dwell upon every death that ever happened. Right. But when war happens and a few people die from, you know, whether it's, you know, Israel, Hamas or something or whatever, it's made out to be like this gigantic thing. But whereas reality is, is that like way more people than that die per day on any given moment for natural and unnatural or murder or other causes. And they, we don't even bat an eye about them. But when we see them on the Internet and, or like such such and such event is happening, you know, we get upset about it for a week or whatever. And then, of course, everyone forgets about it. Um, so it's like the behavior, you can't escape it. It's like it's not like if you're really, really smart that somehow you can censor what comes into your head and how your brain interacts with it. Your brain is just a reacting organ. And you like it'll react however it wants to react in a sense. It's like. Um, or whatever nature nurture up until that moment, your brain kind of like interprets that. However, so every event is like a Rorschach test, essentially at, at that spot moment, really. And uh, you know, what is and a I, Rorschach think it's like, test? And, and, and because Bikram's point was like, it was like, how much of this should be regulated? And that's a really tough call because if you make a claim that okay, most people are retards and they can't handle this, then you'll be called someone who is like. That you know, you want to censor speech. You want to make sure you, you don't want people to know the truth or whatever. But it's like Jack Nicholson from A Few Good Men. It's like you can't handle the truth, right? Like the, the problem is, is that the reality of the universe is that like human beings generally are a lot weaker than we um, let on, and um, and the problem is, is that any kind of dialogue about that in a public square will turn you into either some, like people will call you some kind of socialist or they'll call you an elitist or they'll call you a statist or they'll call you a you, like every ism a and liberal. Every is, yeah or liberal you can name whatever political party you want and someone will say that you your your mindset is too aligned with that because you want to do something about this problem and so what's happened with the like internet and ai and all these things is Politically, everyone's at a stalemate, essentially, and nobody knows what to do about it, because no matter what you do, you're going to piss someone off. Like if like, let's say in, let's say we discovered that certain images are causing school shooters to happen. Is it better to allow those images to exist because freedom of speech is better? Or is it better to say, OK, oh, we know what triggers people to like shoot people now. Those images have to be censored because we have a certain portion of the human race that can't handle it. Or do you accept that, you know, you're going to get some school shootings if you have free speech? You have to just pick your poison at that point. And no matter like and then the argument for the free speech is always, well, the thing is, like the vast majority of people benefit from free speech, even though some people don't. And I and I would agree with that. Like, 
you know, that is true also. But then you can't get, like Zen was saying, you can't get upset that people like there's rapes happening or there's like child, you know, being kidnapped and stuff because that shit's going to happen. And you have to ask yourself, is the net positive that everyone knowing about it makes the society happier? Or actually, does the net knowing about it make more people kidnap more children? And I would contend that it's quite possible that if you look at school shootings in America and stuff, that whatever has happened on the internet somehow or another has led to more of those things happening because that kind of weirdness didn't happen even in the wild west of America before television. People had guns everywhere. And something about the sociopathy of that happening has something to do with internet exposure. We just don't know exactly what knob to turn to turn that off. It's not a gun problem, clearly. That's not what causes that to happen because there's plenty of societies with lots of guns. So like, what's that knob you got to turn to change people's mind to not do that? And let's say you knew what that knob was. Is it ethical to turn the knobs on society to, to do this? Or are people going to say, wait a minute, now you're manipulating me. So on the one hand, if you try to control any information, people say you're manipulating them. On the other hand, if you don't, you get a bunch of school shooters and other chaos and you don't know. Wait, what to do is, that, is that true? I, I'm not anti-gun or for guns. I just know that like I grew up in Sweden, mm -hmm. so I know their mindset on it is like, mm -hmm. why even bother with guns? But is that true? Like other places with guns with the same concentration of mm -hmm. people? Yeah, there's more have... there's more guns per capita, for example, in Canada, but you'd almost rarely see any kind of like mass shootings and things. Wait, really? Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, did, I thought, I don't know why in my mind I thought Canada had no guns. I thought they were... Mm -hmm. No, they're they're they quite have a lot. more guns and less, oh, yeah, less violence. Yeah. Why, wait, wait, wait. What is your idea for what what could be going on? Um, I don't know. Like, I I think there's something about like there's a sociopathy in the U.S. and I suspect it has to do with like my intuition, having lived through this entire period, is that it had something to like something changed after people suddenly realized their kids could be kidnapped. And what that led to was a societal shift of how we take care of children, how they socialize with each other, what kind of high schools we build and whatever. There's like a, like, I don't know what the exact moment is, but it's like this Moloch phenomenon. It's a bunch of dominoes falling. It's like a butterfly effect. Something happened sociologically where for some reason, there's like a switch that get turned in a certain number of people's brains that they're gonna start shooting people up for no reason. And I don't know what we did differently, but when I visit Canada, like the difference that I see is like, if you go to small, medium-sized towns in Canada, you actually still see kids playing around everywhere. Like, <laughs> so like, I don't know, it's like something related to car culture, something related to our disconnect from nature, our disconnect from each other, our disconnect from our neighbors, maybe the dehumanization of, you know, whatever. And you have a few like random, you know, kind of like narcissistic, autistic kind of killer types and for some reason, they like we triggered them more here in America than we do everywhere else. And I don't know what the exact I, I, secret sauce is. I'm reading because I'm very, very curious about this. Mm -hmm. And I guess socio, so, socio scientists, what, I don't mm -hmm. know what the fuck you call them. Sociologists um, or whatever, yeah. But this could be propaganda for gun. That's another problem is like, but th this says that it's because Canada has much more rigorous gun control laws. No, but I, I don't know. It. That reads like a because like gun control law wouldn't prevent. Thing. Yeah, but a gun control law wouldn't prevent you, for example, from owning a gun in Canada. And if you were to lose your shit and just taking that gun and go into a supermarket, you don't have to have a lot of guns either. Let's say you just shot like seven, you know, like you, you emptied a clip or something. 
you just don't see this as often in other countries that have lots of guns or who have like Switzerland or whoever. People have to wear guns all the time or whatever. There's a lot of places that like have had guns historically. Hell, even historic America, right? There are lots and lots of guns around, but it wasn't a norm to be shooting people up randomly, right? As an example. So something changed in my like, and this is just my intuition. Again, I don't have any like deep, you know, sociologic study or some shit that tells me this, but like my intuition was it probably had to do something related to socialization. And there's another thing too, Zin, and like a lot of other TV shows came on, such as, for example, courtroom dramas and all sorts of shit in America. And another thing that happened is these things became popular. And some of the stuff portrayed on that was, oh, my husband was, or my boyfriend was molesting my kids or my... um my um what do you call it like my second husband was molesting my first children and like i've been to like jury duty about shit like this too but like the point is that stuff does happen i'm not saying it doesn't but the extent to which people think it's going to happen to their kid is way out of proportion to reality and what happens is is it causes parents to desocialize their children and not have them play with other kids or other parents or whoever because nobody trusts each other so like maybe the soccer coach is going to molest my daughter or maybe the whatever. So this like this drop in trust creates a weird sort of new world in which case like sociopaths don't get recognized probably as early. So like imagine Zen, you're playing with all your friends in, you know, in your neighborhood and like some of those kids are fucking weirdos like and, and they really do seem to have a problem and maybe they get their ass kicked a couple of times and they just like move on. They don't like or they have other friends that are actually reasonable people and they now have the ability to socialize with reasonable people and they go, wait a minute, my desire to sort of shoot people is not right. Like Zinn doesn't want to do this. John doesn't want to do this. SJ doesn't want to do this. Maybe it's not right. And so maybe you learn a few things from people. But what has happened in schools and everything else in America is like oh. the there's a deep segregation between like people that are normal and people that are not. And like. So you have this echo chamber of like crazy people, um, both in like schools and stuff, but also in um, also on on Internet and TV and everywhere else. You know what just hit me as a possible idea? And this plays off of your idea, too, is I grew up like half of my childhood in Sweden and then came over to America. And now that you're bringing this up, that was a drastic like it blew my mind that the education system in America just has you sit down for eight hours and you don't really exactly. learn anything useful in for which life. Which isn't which like, isn't great in, for boys in particular. In, it, okay, we can get to that. I'm curious about that, but hold on. But there, there in Sweden, you're you take courses on like how to cook yourself a healthy meal. We had classes on what to do if your parents are abusing you, like what to do if your sister is bullying you, like how to inter we had interpersonal communications courses that I only came across in America in college. And you have to take them as a gen, gen ed study. I did take them. I think they're valuable sure. courses. You should learn how to speak to other people. But, or but Zen, in, America, in Japan, like kids have to clean their own fucking school. There's no janitor. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But guess what? You realize, oh, wait, fuck, we have to clean this up, so we better not make a mess. Yeah, in Sweden, we learned about taxes. 
This is another thing that blew me. I was learning about taxes in fourth grade, fifth grade in Sweden, like because they were preparing us for becoming adults. And when I came here, I remember thinking, like even as a young child, thinking I feel so bad for these kids because they have no, like all of the students had like a mom or a dad that was abusing the mom. And I'm like, you guys don't have classes for like how you're supposed to go about this. Like they don't tell you anything. They don't teach you anything here. It, it, so yeah. I, I think your idea, it fits. The, it, um, the American the education US. system is cutthroat. They treat you like a robot. You're not yeah. a human. I think that's... Historic... Go ahead, Trap. Sorry. I think that um, that's just the t- top of the iceberg, though. Um, I think that a huge problem is that we're over-Medicaid society. A lot of these kids are put on uh, psychotropic medications. Now, Trap, like, I was here before that was the case. Like, this is, we're talking about, like, in the 80s, for example, if you grew up in school. So, like, I think all of this happened even before the meds and stuff. I think the meds are, side, are like, dealing with the side effect of the desocialization, not the other way around. Like, if you hadn't lived in a time before that was the case, you probably might not realize it. And I deal with, like, a lot of people that die from suicides and stuff because I'm a doctor that deals with this but i would say like what you're describing i agree with there's probably a lot of that going on but i don't think it's the cause that was more of a secondary effect and the core effect in my mind was the desocialization of america and like just the like ridiculous you know and i think what it was is religion originally was a thing that bound a lot of americans together most people were christian and as a result like general christian like golden rule and the usual values are probably taught and what happened was when schools became highly secularized, that was not replaced by any kind of like in Sweden, they have like maybe a more like I think they have a more um, what do you call it? Like uh, values oriented secular society, whereas in America, secular society became like no values whatsoever because like all values were deemed to be either too liberal or too conservative or some bullshit. So what ended up happening is nothing got taught and kids are just like, well, what's, what the fuck is reality? Like what is actually being good about? And, um, and so like, but the medication, all that stuff, I think happens in particular when, um, and I'm not saying some people don't need medications. Don't, don't like take these, no, I'm not saying that but, but like, there's some people that genuinely have obvious disease that need, need coverage, but, um, that's like saying, don't treat cystic fibrosis. But people, there are people that have disease, but understand that it says yeah. on the label, you know, it could cause these, uh, suicidal tendencies and Shit. stuff and people are overly medicated. Right, right. Even quitting smoking can cause you to commit suicide, for that matter. Which is interesting. Pharmacology is never, it, 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 it's not as simple as like drugs good, drugs bad. Mm-hmm. Like, right. I, I know that it, it's a very, very nuanced thing. I think like in terms of, I know this isn't a popular belief, but actually there's, there's actually quite good evidence that for ADHD, for example, if you medicate um, children, they they that have ADHD, they do better in the long term than unmedicated kids. Um, but but I there's think a, weird a, a problem is like there's an overdiagnosis problem in America. Like there's also, everyone has bipolarism, but bipolar oh. is, is extremely rare. Like it, it, and it gets diagnosed constantly in this in this country. Uh, another well, another side big effect. problem is that there's no there's no like actual chemical test that they can do. To say, oh, that's ADHD. Oh, that's bipolar. There are. It's It's just expensive. There are. But this is like the issue is like you can't you can't like listen to someone's symptoms, uh, them telling you 
their symptoms or a parent of the child telling you their symptoms and know if they have that. You have to look at their brain. What, I guess what trap means is that like the, the behavioral genetics and all that have not come to a level where you can absolutely be certain before you give a pill that this is the absolute right thing that'll work for that particular. Yeah, that type of change yeah, may that, ride. That, that's the issue is like we know yeah. how to properly diagnose people. It's just too expensive. They make more money to just listen to you and give you a diagnosis. And so that's no, that's but like the problem but to be fair, is in the, the tech for that is not very far advanced yet. Right. Hold on. What What do you mean? This is like when you when you when I went to school for neuro, I was shocked at how much we know. We're very advanced in neuroscience. People just don't fucking know about it. They don't teach it in fucking high school. They don't. Teach no, but it not school. to the not to the extent that we can tailor um, psychiatric meds that well yet. Though. We can know. We can look okay. at someone's brain and tell if they have ADHD. And, 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 and I bring up ADHD cause that's a huge diagnosis for kids that. Oh, you mean like do over... some kind of fMRI or something or what I mean? Yeah. Uh, use a biometric device. ADHD brains, uh, don't light up in there's patterns that we've discovered or depressed brains. You can find sure. like what type of depression a person has, um, and how to properly medicate it. If you but still, there haven't it. been randomized, but there haven't been randomized studies to like prove that just because you see that imaging finding that the drug is going to be like, what I'm saying is that that direction is happening, but we're probably like, you know, like it'll look a little, lot different 50 years from now. But the, the, the yes, thing I was trying to say I'm is, saying that, is like, it's much more advanced than we give it credit for. If, if we started using of, that, sorry. Like what I was going to say is like the desocialization of sort of human beings in America in particular led to sort of certain psychopathies and things that probably we are trying to medicate as a side effect, but the actual, like, you know, like just the, the, a person just and, behaving normally would be more likely if we had like a, a more like. And, and cephalography is um, what I think Sintami was on about. Oh, EEG. Yeah. No, yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Like we know full proof that socializing your diet, um, your exercise uh, and your sleep are like the most important things that you need to keep in mind for a healthy brain. And when you look at like elementary schools, middle schools, high schools in America, the fucking food they feed the kids, like no fucking wonder they're eating fucking pizza. Yeah, eating exactly. fucking pizza. <laughs> Just pure junk food. In fact, like, uh, so there's an area of medicine called sleep medicine. And, um, you know, where we look at like sleep apnea, we look at um, obesity, hypoventilation syndrome, and some of these things. That's one of the things I do for a living a bit. And what what you'll find is that like, and I don't know too much about pediatrics. And so sometimes I'll go to conferences and stuff. And what was noted is the amount of the number of kids with sleep apnea in pediatrics was skyrocketing because of pediatric obesity. And a side effect of that is that when you have sleep apnea at night and you're basically are having low oxygen saturations intermittently, you're actually not actually going into proper REM sleep, you know, like you would with a normal sleep pattern. What's happening is, is children are basically going to school. They're basically zombies there. Um, and it doesn't matter whether you have like, you think you have depression or what you have, but when you're, when you don't have those, um, like a proper sleep because of this, you know, you don't have untreated sleep apnea, your daytime hypersomnolence and you're falling asleep and not doing well in school, that's going to have a material impact on your income. So fat people most definitively, most definitively are poor in America, like by a wide margin. If you are fat and your kids are fat, you might as well just say fucking be poor and get it over with. Like you must not let your kids get um, obese. And that's like, it's just straight child abuse. So really like at some level, like 
there's so many layers to this as far as like why like you know society has sort of deteriorated and most of these are like failures of tech like tech has gotten us too much food tech has given us what what tech are canada's is kind of like, obesity our rates? ability to see like kidnappings every five seconds all these things like and and yeah and, and you know, why is it different in canada i think the biggest difference there is that like um they still do a lot more actual physical activity Sorry. there than they do here can, can I? What, what are obesity rates in Canada? Are they? My internet is they're pretty really high too. right now. Before you oh, go down the, the the food hole, I just want to tell you guys something. I recently read a book from a German molecular geneticist um, that actually was involved in research about uh, brain so neurobiology, and he is actually really about how the memory works and how brain works right so it's 29 percent, guys can you hear me you can't hear me I think. Yeah, yeah, we do. Yeah, I think trap tree is speaking no i'm not speaking muhammad yeah. you're trying to say something what yes yeah, 29 point something percent in canada obesity so so oh, so it's can you hear me wait 30 percent of kids. what is it in america yeah. it's like close to 50 here that could be one thing. Oh this is so interesting <laughs> to me. I'm I'm so curious. Like, what are all the possibilities? Corn, that corn could... um, the, the, well, the, I deal with this. Is, this is my cause of what I do for a living is watch people die of this. I can tell you what the problem is. Like, like the most obvious problem is not any one particular type of food. It's just a sheer excess of calories. Period. It almost doesn't matter whether it's sugar, corn syrup, whether it's like carbohydrates, fats. It doesn't matter what mix it is. The vast majority of people eat double the amount of calories that they ought to. It's that simple. Well, a lot yeah, of but it, yeah, we, we, we butted heads on this before. Well. Like if you eat too much sugar, you're going to intake more calories. Yes, if you're, you will. So like, but, but no, what I meant is like, I'm curious, what are all the possible things that it could be that causes Canada to not have the gun violence that we have? despite having more guns that's it, very interesting it's to me. not it's not the guns that commit the crime it's the people right but that's right that's what i'm saying yeah. is and, like and, what what could possibly be contributing to this because that's a really interesting yeah uh, uh, i want to add something to it so uh-huh go ahead yeah the thing is that like uh the gun violence basically uh Recently, I don't know you guys heard about that. So Canada, uh, like, uh, put a new law. So uh, there's a yeah transportation of the guns from the borders of America, right? So they they put a ban on that. Probably, uh, and, and the the main reason behind that was the that the the gun transportation was is so much easy between no, the like borders. Our conversation is not about controlling guns. It's about like human behavior more than anything. So like, yeah, try to stay on the same topic here but yeah we're the, guns is, is one example along with other things is like why what we were discussing is like the social media impact and other impacts on how like why certain sort of strange behaviors in america are occurring not so much like whether or not but the point i made was there's as many guns in canada or more as there are in the united states really per capita but you still don't see as much like people like doing school shootings, for example. So yeah, what Trap was saying is like, yeah, it is the people that kill. We're not arguing this is a gun problem. We're not like the fetishization of violence in America yeah, is causing kids to shoot up schools. Yeah, people get like political uh, really quickly with this shit, but that's not the point. Where the point the point is like, why do people behave like this, and why don't people? Right. Why like is America such a violent? Yeah. 
so like and there is like there's some like racial differences i mean clearly like um black on black gun violence is fairly high and um in the in certain categories if you look though at people that lose school shootings and stuff it's way more common in white men for some reason um and like there's these interesting like um behavioral genetic type things that might play a role like when's the last time you've heard about um i don't know an indian man doing a school shooting in america yeah zero times probably um when so like there's there's definitely certain groups that for some reason that seem to do it in it and it without making like and yeah there are some racial stereotypes for sure like to to deny that is just absurd um did, um, it'd be like saying like most school shootings happen because of white women. This is not true. Like, did you, did you come across that Netflix? That, <laughs> yeah. Sorry, that Netflix show, Thirteen Reasons Why, creating an uptake in suicide rates. Uh, no, I haven't. Is it is, is it like a documentary or something or? No, it was like a really like a mainline mainstream Netflix showrunner. Um, oh, a show. Catherine Langford was the main. Um, one of the protagonists and um, okay. basically she commits suicide to get the story going and then kids in America kill themselves because of it. Oh, just like seeing the repeat effect of it. Yeah, that's well, a weird thing too. It's yeah. like um, copycat behavior is weird too. And that's something that social media creates that you would never have had like in the same magnitude as you would like in a village. Cause there's a thing like, let's say there's one person that's going to do a copycat like, I don't know. There's that one dude that ran a plane into a building after 9-11, for example. There's like a white kid or something. And like, like th maybe that one kid would never have seen that idea if it wasn't for television. But because of television, like it sparked his imagination a certain way. And you were to reach like hundreds of millions of people or whatever through television. And so that how, that's how you reach that individual, whereas you wouldn't have tickled that person's brain otherwise. Have you yeah, guys ever really read into what Hitler... I hate that this is fucking recorded. Have you guys ever read like the shit that Hitler wrote? Yeah. Another idea that's How do you know, that's how do you know that, the, that the Mein Kampf isn't being reprinted by Nazis and distributed as like the original text? Wait, hold on. Wait, put a put a stop in that. Um, <laughs> I I didn't even hear what you said, but but um, another thing that comes to mind is like if I think about um enticing violence like the what comes to mind for me is that um joker movie like i am the least violent person ever um i don't i don't even kill bugs i don't i don't do it right but after i watched that joker the joker really? movie i remember walking around outside and being like yeah violence like oh, yeah. there's a there is a powerful i think it's probably innate in human nature um and if you look at if you read mein Kampf, you you come to understand this like th there's a powerful drive that comes in people when you convince them that they are an underdog in a society that is built against them um let's hit this whole thing it's just another yeah. idea. It's like perhaps it's like watching it's like watching a karate movie and uh, 
like karate kid where the kid is like getting his ass kicked and he kind of wins and then you're doing fucking karate kicks in the parking lot after the movie no 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 i'm not i'm not you're talking like about up. i'm not talking about media i'm talking about like exactly what hitler did like this this concept oh, yeah, yeah. of like if you spread an agenda or make an agenda or intake an agenda in which you are an underdog in a society that is all betting against you it seems very very powerful method of inciting violence in that person which is another possibility and perhaps why we could see it in young white men is because there's a lot of political angst against white men right now um so if they're being brought up and they're realizing everyone hates me everyone hates my demographic um it's just another idea yeah it'll have consequences to for some people right and these are the things like it's you can't ever make a blanket statement about anything because obviously everyone's affected a little bit differently, but probability changes, right? So if you have a hundred people and they're being exposed to like a particular um, inciting factor, maybe none of those hundred people have the ability to sort of act on it. But if a thousand people, ten thousand people, a hundred thousand people, the more people you reach with a particular message, the more likely you reach, you know, a person to say, and you know, marketers know this. That's how that's how marketing works. Like you spread enough you know, images of something and you're like, Ooh, there's a person that wants to buy that perfume. There's a person that wants to buy that particular oh, yeah. product. You're canvassing I, people's brains, essentially. That definitely is it. There's just so many people in these, uh, if I have one, uh, another take on that, at this topic, I think you're unable to hear people, man. You have to drop and come back. Cause some, you're like talking over people from time to time. Oh, oh. yeah. Trap. Go ahead. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, I, I think there's just so many people and that these messages eventually reach the lowest common denominator. And that's a given. But if that were true, it would also hit Canada. So there's something about what we're ingesting that's different than other places. Like there's some some sort of differentiation and, and it, here. And it could be see like a lot of this tech permeated um, and affected the U.S. first because like just where we were technologically. so. It might be that we're just not seeing it yet in Canada, that it's just lagging too. That's a possibility. Like we're a generation apart in a sense. Because um, like when computers first came out, for example, um, and broadband and whatever became more accessible, even in the 90s, it hadn't permeated the rest of the world like it, like it permeated the US early on. So, and Canada was a little bit later than the US from, from some of this computer shit too. So maybe there's a generational, one generation difference and maybe it'll catch up and We'll, we'll like, oh, now now Canadians are all shooting each other too, and or something. Like, oh, no. I'm not saying that that's good, but like, but but the kidnapping narrative Zen was like a very American thing. I don't know if people behave like that in Canada. Like this, like crowd has created like maybe the de-religification de or whatever of the U.S. Like, there's just a bunch of people that just think that like there's a cult of people out there to kidnap all the kids. And maybe there is a small cult of people doing this, but like the magnitude clearly is not as big as people think it is. And I think it's so like I have this eerie feeling that it desocialized America because I watched it happen before my eyes. I saw neighborhoods where we used to play as kids and I see the same neighborhoods now and there's no kids out there at all. Like something happened between then and now. And one of the big ones in my mind, the one I remember at least anecdotally was this gigantic shift when everyone started thinking their kids were going to get kidnapped. That was not a thing in the early 80s. And it became very much a thing by the late 80s. Yeah, I, just, I, I think it's funny that you brought up the the high IQ thing about like being able to understand that it doesn't apply to you. Because I, I actually experienced it. 
I I always experience that where I'll, I'll see something and I understand innately like, but this is not, it doesn't mean I need to fear this. But then actually in LA, um, I think as a consequence of that, I actually went low IQ um, because I didn't understand that human trafficking was a thing. I was almost human trafficked in, uh, in Venice, uh, LA. It's actually quite common. Like people get just pick, pick, okay, sorry. That's deep. It just, it blew my mind. Like even as I was hiding behind the car, I was like, this isn't, that's not, this is just two guys. Like I'm being silly hiding behind a car. But then I, then I heard him say, where'd she go? Uh, and then I found out that actually human trafficking is, is quite common in that area. Yeah, there's a lot of money in it. But yeah, like, so oh, uh, Oda Boke had some question about this, like, statistic I pulled out of my ass about, like, more guns in um, in Canada than the U.S. And I think there's, like, I think I think it was, like, Michael Moore, one of these, like, anti-gun guys that kind of, like, brought it up at some point. But there's been different surveys as far as, like, how many firearms per number of residents and this and that and the other thing. Um, the U.S. is still, I think, number one now. I don't know what it was at the time where this came up, but it's been back and forth between Canada and the U.S. or something. Anyway, I don't know the exact, but there's different. I, I don't know, like, where the exact statistic you can pull it from, but you'd have to, like, kind of play on, you have to play on uh, uh, Google a little bit and see what you can find as far as, like, ownership numbers and stuff. But anyway, the point is, anyway, the point here is not about guns. It's not about, like, the precision about that. The, the question is like really sociologically what has changed? What, like what about the internet changes us? Like what can we, like, is there something you can do about it really? And if there was something you can do, what not? Like people talk about this, like turning the knobs and dials like on the internet. Like if you could turn down something like, you know, maybe, you know, you need to see like less sexualization of women or maybe people need to see less porn or whatever. Like if you could turn that down, what would be the consequence of it? And could you be sure that would solve the problem or not? And that's the, that's the trickier problem is that a lot of stuff that you think would be the actual cause of something actually isn't, which makes it even tougher. And the video game example I gave earlier was an example. It used to be thought when I was a kid when, you know, Doom and all those video games are coming out and they're becoming more like realistic sort of like blood and gore violence. The immediate thing that society thought was, oh, these people are going to be like shooting up everybody and they're going to be the ones causing the violence, violence turned out not to video game nerds playing doom turned out not to be the shooters of our world. Like they're not the ones that joined gangs and started shooting everyone up. In fact, if you played a lot of video games as a kid, the, the opposite happened and that was less likely to happen. Um, and there's other examples of this sort of thing too. Like uh, of, oh. I was going to say by, back in like, like Nate, was it late seventies, early eighties, dungeons and dragons, the tabletop game became famous. And if you know, role-playing games, you know, where you do the dice and you have like, you imagine that there's a, hobgoblin and you kill it with an orc or whatever and uh, oh i want to be an orc um and whatever it's like you know the role-playing thing tabletop games when that first came out like there was a whole trend on in the 80s where it's like oh these are going to be all these are all devil worshipers and these are all going to be like the new cults of america and there was kind of like an interesting right-wing christian backlash against that group turns out that basically like tabletop role-playing dorks don't shoot up anybody as far as we can tell there's no evidence that like those people aren't anything but just nerds and are usually fairly successful in life um these are usually like higher iq people playing tabletop games uh it was fa featured favorably in the in the movie um i mean the tv show stranger things if you guys have seen it 
where Dungeon, you know, the kids are all playing D and D and these are all good kids or whatever. And whatever, you know, like, um, but yeah, it was an interesting thing. Like, so the thing is when you want to turn the knobs and dials on the internet, or you want to turn the knobs and dials on books, people get exposed to the trouble is the exact thing that you think might actually be common sense as a reason to have something bad happen turns out to be the opposite, which is what actually happened. This is the trouble with censoring the internet at some general level. It's like you could turn a knob and turn everyone to a sociopath and not even realize how why you did it, even though the intentions right. were good. It, it, it yeah, reminds me so much of we just one just one comment. There are places in Utah. I hope there's no like Mormons in here. I'm gonna piss off a lot of people, but this is just true. Is like there are places in Utah where I've been, um, where they basically like from a young age, they'll they'll shit on the boys and tell them like don't have that don't have sex thoughts don't think about sex or you're sinning you're evil um and in those areas where they do that there are more more rapes uh than in and also yeah, if you talk to those guys of, like i literally yeah i've literally okay. like sorry. i have never felt more <laughs> sexualized than talking to like a mormon boy in like in in provo where they'll they'll just like stare at your tits like men yes look at your boobs but these guys will just stare like i've never seen before and it's interesting because they're raised to do the exact opposite and they end up fucking up these these poor guys well yeah they um i think when we implemented the dare program into schools like tell kids stay stay off drugs i think drug use uh increased yeah that's an interesting thing yeah the war on drugs has not been going well let's put it this way <laughs> like <laughs> prohibition the war on drugs all these different things like backfired in one way or the other which is really fascinating um nobody knows what to do about that basically like that's led to me to my conclusion which is everyone's fucking crazy like human beings just like sentience itself has like a rooted level of insanity that we all do stupid shit to ourselves and stupid shit to one another and i've come to this like realization in life um you know after seeing so many patients and so many people that like this ain't something you can fix possibly it may be just a problem with sentience itself mm -hmm. and therefore like, in other words, not everyone's going to be some sort of interesting, like perfect Buddhist monk that is going to just like, you know, have nirvana under the tree. This is unlikely. And like, even that probably is non-existent. That's just more fictional more than anything. And like, there's this always this striving to be this kind of interesting, virtuous character. Like every religion tries to do whatever, but it doesn't look like, I think Christians sort of figured it out. Like everyone's a sinner, I guess. Like that's kind of a phrase. But I think that's basically like the reality of the universe. And I wonder, like, this is why, like, when people start building AI and things, when, you know, when the pro AI people like, oh, yeah, we're going to make a, a better world with AI. And I'm like, dude, like we evolved over millions of years and we are fucking crazy. And you're telling me that you're going to, like, turn a couple of knobs and a couple of dials on, a, on, a, on some code and you're going to get the thing to behave for you properly. You are delusional. Right. Like you like. It's if it's what I'm saying is true that sentience itself has a bit of like sort of like maybe entropy in it or maybe has a bit of like chaos in it, chaos theory. Um, it's fairly reasonable to assume that if you build like interesting AIs and things, they're going to have really fucked up sociopathies just like we do. And this would happen theoretically to any alien, to any um, robot built like, or AI built anywhere in the universe. There's nothing about the laws of the universe that may fundamentally prevent sociopathy at some level.
is yeah, my theory. We need, I mean, yeah, because these definitions of good, anything that constitutes like good or bad is something we're making up. It's not real. Like if you say right. like sociopathy is bad, we, yeah. there are cases where you need a sociopath next to you. Like, you do. You're right. That's why they exist. That's why they exist. If they evolve this way, because there's a reason why that, that person exists. Exactly. Now you're hundred percent like, and that's the thing. And when you think that you can weed all these people out of the population, somehow you could teach people just to be better and perfect everything. I, I think the side effect that could create is a, it's like a, it's like he, the hell, the, what is that phrase? Hell is, um, the road to hell is paved with good intentions or whatever. Um, it's very, very easy to have that outcome happen. I think in either society or especially with shit like AI. That's why I'm super, super nervous about AI. So that's why I was saying before, I can become very, very techno-optimist or techno-doomer very quickly, depending on like, you know, what mood I'm in regarding talking about that shit. <laughs> because like I look at hum the human being and I look at our interactions and the type of weird wars we have about stupid shit. And, um, and you, you can see how like those wars seem almost silly, but almost seem inevitable also. And there's no middle ground between that where you have like, you can prevent all wars, you can prevent all fights, you can prevent all rapes and everything else. Like there's a certain reality to human beings. It's just a dirty underbelly that um, no one wants to believe actually exists, but clearly does. Oh, it boils down that justice actually just exists because of equalism, right? That's, that's something that most people think like, oh, we are so good and we are so nice, you know, but it's basically just bloody. Right, <laughs> like, like E equals MC squared or force equals mass times acceleration. They don't care about your feelings. <laughs> so like these are not like coded. At some level, our like emotional behavior is probably coded in the nature of the universe as like an epiphenomenon of physics, but like it's not in the core fundamental laws of physics. Um, and like your emotions will always lose to physics at some point. Like if you're unhappy that the sun's going to come up, well, guess what? The sun's coming up tomorrow anyway. That's just how it goes. <laughs> like, you know, like, or you're unhappy that an asteroid's going to hit the planet. Well, guess what? Like the asteroid doesn't really care. Um, it's coming, you know, or whatever. It's fascinating how like, um, on the one hand, it's like the our, the nature of who we are and our sentience and everything is like a, like this black box. But I, I, I have this intuition that like, the reason why it makes me nervous that people are building AIs with more sentient type behaviors is this like hubris that we can somehow fucking control it. We can't even control our fucking own kill kids, man. Like we can't even have like people not shoot themselves or shoot each other or mass shoot people. And you think you're going to be able to tune the AI perfectly to not harm people. It's like almost, it's like almost like a point of pure delusion that you would believe this for some reason. It's weird. So I'm a little bit like not par. Maybe paranoid is the right word, but not. I'm, I'm skeptical. Is, is agnostic the right word? Yeah, I'm like, well, I, I can see where all the good from AI different techniques can also be potentially useful. Like, you know, Zin and I were talking about like the creation of a theoretical dating app or something that would, you know, find you the perfect mate or perfect lover or perfect wife or whatever. You know, that I think like you can see where the good parts could be there and in, in kind of adjusting human behavior and such. Um, or at least counterbalancing what the internet has done to our brain in the first place, maybe. So maybe it could be good for our, like, say, for example, mental health. So you can come up with like a entire list of good things AI could do, but I could easily make you a gigantic list of things, bad things it could do as well. And so I'm kind of agnostic, I would say, like if you were to treat like AI, like a religion, and I know what I know about humans, I know it about sentience and whatever, you know, my experience on this planet. 
um, and how difficult it is to sort of predict the outcomes of interventions of like turning a knob on something, then I'm like, like, I don't feel great about our ability to like create these things without a lot of destruction in between. You know, it's but evolution's that way too, right? Like, how many organisms had to die before we showed up here? For like three, four, five billion years of shit had to die for us to be here. So maybe this is just the next layer of death we're gonna witness, and we're gonna get the good with the bad, and we just have to live. I with just that. like I've always been a doomer, so I'm just like so down for it. Like, I think uh, I have no qualms. I've got the popcorn out. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh. I have no qualms with us wiping out the human race uh, oh. in order to create the entity that goes on to like actually actually populate the universe that's sick that's a sick story yeah, you're, Ryan. So you're you're definitely like the accelerationist type basically no they hate me no they hate me the e-hackers they hate me because the accelerationists them, usually like that idea no, like no, 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 no. ai supplants human beings you know? no i tell them no they don't like that i tell them you guys know that you're just pumping the gas to human destruction, right? And they hate when I say but that. I think a lot of those eackers, though, they haven't really thought it through. Oh, they're like, retarded. Like there's, there's most, a, there of them, most of them are retarded. This but some of them, there's yeah. like a what, rare eacker that's actually really smart. Rare. Yeah, there there are a few, but like no, but some of them will concede that they they don't mind if like robotic civilization takes over humans, and I and, and like. Uh, you know, a billion years from now, do I really give a fuck who's around here and who isn't? Probably not. Like, if I have to be honest with myself, am I going to be sure human beings are going to be here? And even if human beings were a billion years from now, it wouldn't, you wouldn't even recognize us as human beings. Like, if you were to transport us a billion years in the future and, you know, we still exist on this planet as some, you know, evolutionary, we could all be, we could all look like rats a billion years from now. We have no idea. So you, I you don't couldn't think even we have a billion years. Don't we only, oh, don't we only have 200,000 years left? But I, I think right? the- Whatever it is, yeah, however much is to pass on our lineage and help the human race go on. And if we lose that, we lose everything. Um, yeah, I mean, I, like, I think where, where it boils down to for most people is does the, the legacy of the human race need to be biological or can it be like, you know, technological? And is it more likely that a technological being could make it to the star? Versus a human Way being, and that's where the, the the usually the the conversation ends up going. If you believe the soul, then it matters. If you don't believe there's a soul, then it doesn't matter. It also depends on what you believe a soul is, and can it be created in silicon? And that's a whole other discussion. So that the thing is, like, you could have the the thing is, if you have a sufficiently powerful neural network, then what you believe is a soul, you believe it only because it's your like. You might only believe it because you are like favoring biological souls as opposed to any other kind what, what do you think be- of the um the machine world as um like not quite on parity with the physical world so i don't know like uh, you know having studied biochemistry as an undergraduate you know and like being in medical to me like the entire human body is just a gigantic chemistry machine anyway i don't know that there's any real difference in the future like You'll see what you're going to have see built in the future is technology that has more biological things in it. Uh, people like Neuralink and others are doing that. On the other hand, you're going to have uh, so there's going to be a convergence between biological and physical structures in the future. So some of the distinction we make now, like okay, physical things, machines, computers, human beings, those distinctions are going to like 
and assuming um, they continue to progress, they're gonna those distinctions are gonna be less and less prominent from a social and, and cultural level. Does that make sense? Like in um, Ant Man Quantum Verse, uh, the building the buildings are sentient. Oh right, yeah, something like that. Exactly, like where where yeah, you're you're creating like yeah, the the blurring the lines between what has cognition, what has sentience, what has a soul. And when people say soul, they're really talking about like this a human that has like a you know a, a inner like an inner sense that like maybe you'll live beyond the current world or your current body or something like that and that's mostly like again another construct that's largely human derived um and like yeah i don't i don't know that like monkeys contemplate whether they have a soul or not yet uh, a lot et cetera. of has like fetishized the ego to put it on par with the soul yeah or the soul is just a fantasy anyway that's a quite that's well, quite a significant I think possibility as well. Explains is like there's no such thing as death, really, because everything is really just energy, and energy never ceases to exist completely. It just gets transferred, or you know, it goes up in frequency or down in frequency. So I think that's part of it. Yeah, and and also time is an interesting thing too. Like technically speaking, on another time scale, another velocity scale. Um, we are living millions of years according to someone else's frame of reference. Like, in other words, our, what we consider a year is like, you know, based on the, how many times the earth goes around the sun and whatever, and how long we live. So let's say one of us lives like 80 years or something like on other time scales on relativistic time scales where other things have different gravity wells and different, whatever, like we, like time doesn't even make sense at some core level. So right. I think like the, 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 what we perceive as the universe and all of that is a very sort of like narrow slice, obviously, and everyone that understands physics understands this. But like, the thing is like, when you start tweaking these knobs on these AIs and things, I mean, holy fucking shit, you're, you're playing with like a, you are getting to a point where you're playing with like a Pandora's box that um, just simply cannot be closed again. And I love to, it. We have I'm to be like willing to, to accept die, this. Honestly. Do you think, um, <laughs> I just want it to be over. Do you think the progress we've seen today on AI has proven will and consciousness as emergent properties of complex neural operating systems? It appears that way so far. Like, well, what we know about just like chimpanzees and humans and how close our DNA is and is probably proof enough that at like at some level you're starting to think, wait a minute, I think my dog has a bit of a soul-like behavior. I think my dolphin has a bit of this, an elephant. You know, you see like behaviors that are carrying. I think we have a tendency to notice that like, I think most of us will like see mammals as kind of our friends and you see that caring, nurturing behavior that mammals have. And you know that you'll, you'll like, you feel like they have a soul more than like, imagine if you met like, so a, a cockroach, do you start worrying about whether it has a soul or not? I don't think we really do. We do tend to, to like anthropomorphize that more with mammals and stuff, but um, yeah, just with robots and things. Some version okay. of us, right? Yeah, with AIs and things, the thing is like, man, like we're just seeing a very superficial version of what's about to happen. Like what you've seen with ChatGPT and all that, pretty amazing shit, by the way. But some of the things that are coming out now are, so I'll give you an example of a piece of tech that just came out. Like, okay, you guys have seen like EEGs, you know, which is where you put a bunch of um, electrodes on your head and measure the brain waves in in, in your head. And we use that to like diagnose seizures and other things and you know, different levels of coma and whatever, um, in the intensive care unit, for example. And what someone has done is they've used EEGs, used AI to interpret 
like basically diffusion AI models to interpret the, the electrical activity and was able to sort of have a person be able to spell letters out in their head and have those letters be transmitted via the EEG signal to like a computer in a sense. And so in a way, a lot of the, the reason I bring this up is uh, a lot of what we perceive to be really, really complicated um, sort of like, I guess, brain activity that seems like it's like super, super out of reach from understanding of anybody in the universe is actually going to turn out to be that our brains are a lot simpler than we actually think. Like, because if you think about like so much how much simpler. difference is there between us and like a, like a, a monkey in genetically, not much, but look at the gigantic leap in intelligence. So something relatively simple has happened differently. And the fact that we can interpret fucking like letters off an EEG signal now and stuff like this is just like, I would not have ever expected that to be possible. And now that it is, it changes my mind about how complex the brain really is in a way. It's, like maybe it's, it's a lot nuanced. Simpler. It's nuanced. But like, if you don't study neuro, it's like mostly like there's just like nuanced problems or like complications if you're like comparing one brain to another. But in terms of like when people and another reason the e-hackers hate me is they love using the word sentience. And it's like, dude, first of all, if you define sentience, what is actually happening in your brain that you're you're calling sentience is not that fucking complicated. Like it isn't actually. It is that's it, the funny it is, thing. It is a series of things. Like I can literally just it's it's four things. It is four things. Your conception of your sentience is four things. It's long-term potentiation in your in your memory. So that you have more episodic memory than a dog. So you have enough memory that when you look in a mirror, you understand that is me. That's the first right. thing. The second thing is uh, um, um, hippocampal activity of understanding where am I in the world? It's like your internal map. The third thing right. is language, because without language, you can't understand what any you your entire understanding of everything that is exists is language. And on top of that, if we didn't have writing, if we didn't have language, written language, we wouldn't be that fucking far off from chimps. We're not that fucking smart. We need Hell, to be we're, able we're to write far, things down and read it to do we're anything. We're quite different from each other, too. Like, there's a lot of people. There's like, I don't remember what the number is. Like, something like 5% of people don't find enjoyment from music. That, I find that to be utterly strange as someone that enjoys music. Huh. There are some, there's a certain percentage of people um, that don't have an inner voice. Like, like I, I talk to myself in the shower about like what I'm going to do the tomorrow or the next day. I'm, I'm not them. talking. They're loud. more common than not. They're, Did you know it's that? It's very more common than not. Most people don't have an inner voice, I, which is interesting. I can't imagine not having an inner voice. You guys, so you're literally wait, talking I can't to a understand how portion. you guys do that. That's like almost cringe. Like <laughs> you like think to yourself, like I am going to get a coffee right now. Like, I don't understand that. No, or like I could be in the shower and I'm, I've like planned some things already, you know, as far as like, but I hear my voice part of it as opposed to just like any voice or just no voice at all. Does that make sense? Like, right. So it's like a, you hear yourself talking like a narrator. Yeah, I hear it. See, like when mm. I hear that, it's like well, almost cringe because it. it's like, what are you like a main no, no, character? Is, like, 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 is, it, is there a narrator that is like the door was open now? It's having a conversation with yourself. Like I feel it, but it's not. It's hard to describe, really. 
And one way you can notice this, Zin, one way you can notice this is if you know more than one language, like I know two languages, um, technically three, but if like, if I know more than one language, I always speak in the language that I grew up in, not in other languages when I'm thinking to myself. So I, I, I don't my thoughts are in English. I, I actually envy you guys because I think I've actually wondered if this might be why I struggle so much to communicate with people because I don't have a lot of practice using words. It might be. I think be I why. think yeah. in concepts. I think in like in I don't use words at all. I'll, I'll just, I don't I don't know how to. I think in I, like I say like you a communicate tree, poorly. I communicate incredibly poorly. I really struggle with words. It's why I make music, man, because I feel like I can communicate much better with like. I don't perceive you as communicating poorly, even if you think you are (laughs) communicating poorly. I do. I do. I can't. I think you do pretty good. I can't. No, I can't. I really struggle to um, get people to take me seriously. So, like business opportunities, I found that I make a lot more money when they think I'm a man and I don't speak to them at all. I make a lot more money. They respect me a lot more when I'm just like handing over a song. But as soon as you get me like talking to someone, I, I all respect is lost. So I, I think I think I give off the impression that I'm very stupid. I don't know how I do this. I wish I did. I'd stop. Mm, you're overstating it. What's that trap? You're cutting in and out a little bit. I, I was just saying, I think you're overthinking it. I'm I'm not. My bank account is suffering. I'm not thinking I need to I need to think more about it. I struggle to land jobs. It's very important. It's very important to be able to to communicate and get people to take you seriously. This is something, you know, I have not figured out how to fix, but maybe it's I bet I get it those in like I've made dialogue. some I've made some I've made some music before. Um you know, like similar to you, I I've done a little bit of playtime with some digital music and stuff. And um, I have created some things and um, someone also said, oh, that's really good. I like that um, or whatever. And it's not even really great stuff. It's just, you know, whatever. Like, but the, the impression was it wasn't terrible. And in my head, though, it's like, if you didn't know me, would you like this more? Or are you are you skewed by the fact that you know me? Yes. And that so this could go both ways. It could be like someone who like likes you and wants to like your music and so you're not getting like a legit like criticism on the other hand it could go the other way someone really likes your music but for some reason they picture in their head someone else made this maybe a guy or maybe a a wizard or who the fuck knows like and you are not who they pictured having made this and now associating you with this breaks the actual magic behind the music being being a quirky girl because I, I think uh-huh. that's that's probably my trope. I'm a quirky girl. It's yeah, very, there's it's a good thing for, it's a good thing for. Not all guys like quirky girls. No, we're yeah. not talking about guys though. We're talking about like making money. It's a good thing for songwriting, but I do horror composition work. I'm, I, I am a composer. In, in the horror genre, this is like well, what, what I'm I make saying the is, most but the money guy, doing. a lot of and the people they, are judging your music, guys or women usually is what I was getting at. Like, um, Oh, it's men. Uh, well, some, so, some women, but when they're women, I'm allowed to be me. Um, but when they're men, I, I do find that, um, they, they don't respect me at all. If they know I'm a woman first, they don't respect it. at all. They don't listen to it. 
They don't, they don't, it, it sounds like clown music to them because they've already decided in their mind uh, that it's not good. But if I'm a nobody, I, I've also found that when they share these songs at board meetings, people will make assumptions about me that I'm a man, that I'm a skinny, fucked up man, uh, like that doesn't eat enough. I'm like malnourished. And this is like an image that has come back to me over and over again. Um, through board meetings relayed back to me if everyone thinks you're this malnourished guy and they want to know more about you um and and that's when i found out like uh that's how i came to realize that i'd make more money if they believe i'm a man first yeah why don't fake it you know why don't make up some pictures of a malnourished guy i do (laughs) i do when i can i do when i can it's tricky it's almost another job in itself because I, I'm quite expensive, um, so convincing someone to pay me um, without ever speaking to them can be a job in itself. But when I do, yeah, I make more money. It's like I'm hungry, you know, if you're so skinny, <laughs> give me some money to buy food. <laughs> doesn't matter, you know, as long as you get them to pay you, do whatever yeah. it takes. Whatever no, but you're you exactly go, right, Sefi, is like your friends, my real life friends, they don't. I don't even show them my music because they won't. They won't uh, under appreciate it. If you know someone, they they won't be hearing it. You know, my family like anything I'll bring to my family. My family will be like, "Oh, that's we know him. Fuck him." <laughs> I mean, there's an occasional artist where, like, if I when I know more about them, like, um, I get a deeper. Like, I'll give you a great example. So Dead Mouse, you know, Joel Zimmerman, um, you know, who doesn't know who Dead Mouse is now? Um, but like, I think he's one of like the genius electronic musicians of our time. I've been listening to electronic music since shit came out, like in the, you know, early keyboards in the 80s and <laughs> like whatever. So I've been in listening to that scene forever. And I feel like he's one of the few like, like uber geniuses in that analog music scene. And you know, so it's always makes you wonder, like, is it going to bother you if you sort of like see your hero in action or whatever it is? And he's a very different person than I am, like in, in every possible way. But I watched him. So he does some Twitch streams where he actually streamed like the creation of Polaris as example. And from start to finish, he did it for like he created the song in like maybe 10 or 12 hours and he streamed the entire fucking thing. And having made music. um you know, and understanding like how hard that is to do and watching a guy like him do it at this genius level where he's like crafted this for a decade or more. And he puts a song together from scratch in a 10 hour time frame, like literally like 10 hours it takes him for one of the most, my most, most favorite songs I've ever had in the world. And, um, you know, I've listened to it a gajillion times probably by now. And I'm like, holy shit, he did that in 10 hours. And watching him craft it and do it and all of his little quirks and he smokes and this and that in between. And his girlfriend shows up periodically and is like, how's it going? And he'll play it for her. And like, and, uh, and the layers of the music and how it came together. And man, the entire 10 hours is good music. It's like, even the creation was amazing. And like, I would, ha- I would love to have a mix of like two hours of like half of the half baked shit he put together before the final song even got put together. It's that good. And um, so occasionally I'll like, you know, like, I feel like knowing the musician, um, you know, maybe there's some scenarios where you have a deeper respect for it. But there's other times I'm like, I don't really want to know who this is. I just want to hear it. And that's it. <laughs> like, you know, I don't know. Because um, like, the question is like, 
if you meet your hero or whatever, you like the song, are you going to like them? Is that going to taint your version of the song or how you like it or how you perceive it? And it will because like the, because before you had an imaginary friend that you, you thought of made this song. You don't know what they look like, whatever. And now you attach the artist to it. You're, that's a different thing. Um, pop artists obviously like make a whole career out of that shit, right? They just like, yeah, you know, like just a, a Taylor Swift or whatever. She's got to dress a certain way and do that. And I wonder like with women, like doing these, like, like a Taylor Swift type character, like, holy fuck, that's a lot of work. Like you can't be emotionally normal after doing that much work. Like, you know, performing all day and night in front of people or, or like these extended things over and over and over again. Um, and you know, guys can come up, you know, like scruffy and still be like doing this stuff at 70 and people still go to the fucking Rolling Stones or whatever. But for women, it's like different. I would think that that would be very rough. Um, the, 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 the bane of my existence, like something that tortures me to fucking death, is that for whatever reason, actually, I know some of the reasons. I understand why. But I'm not marketable as a, uh, as a, um, Sure. Like a, like a personality. As, like as a the pop face. personality. Yeah. Yeah. Face, and yeah. so all of these opportunities that I, and I've made music for some fucking big people. Like, fuck, you say you listen to electronic music. Like, I've, I, they've, the industry has determined me to be talented enough to write, but not, I can't, <laughs> I can't be the face of it. It and 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 the industry understands this innately is like it does have an effect. Like whether you press play or not, I think um, I heard a marketing guy for the industry. He said like what the music industry does is the intention of marketing is that if you hear the song, the listener should be able to envision what the cover of that album is going to be and what the artist will look like in a music video for that song. Like that's the intention when you're building an artist. Yeah. It's there's like, an EDM like artist, uh, like really more drum and bass is really the quite the right term, but like one eight seven it's one dot eight dot seven. And, um, and like an interesting thing was the, the, the tracks are just absolutely fucking amazing. And it just so happens, like, you never see the guy's picture or anything on any of the, the artwork. And it just so happens to be he's, like, a transvestite or whatever. Like, I don't have, like, a particularly, like, like I don't really care that my music necessarily comes from a transvestite specifically. I certainly am impressed by the level of the music in this sense. But, like, would I have imagined, like, that being who produced this stuff? Not necessarily. And that's a weird thing because there's a lot of actually trendy types who make really good electronic music. <laughs> so it's actually kind of funny. Uh, it's like a, almost like a, a prerequisite in some ways, <laughs> like, which is very weird. Uh, but, I, I've yeah. noticed that in the hacker or like um, not hacker, the um, uh-huh. the, you yeah, know, some of the best right. hackers I know are also. Uh -huh. Yeah, I mean, yeah, lots yeah, yeah. of interesting people, thing. but but. But yeah, it, it's it's all about image, like whether people hit play. It's it's the most frustrating thing about being a musician is that you know that whoever's about to click play already knows their opinion of your song. This is like something that the the music industry understands innately. It's why yeah, this they... is the barrier. This is the barrier, like for like maybe Taylor Swift's really good or something. But at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, like her vibe doesn't like. 
I haven't really deeply checked her music because I'm like, I don't know. Like she doesn't she's resonate a, she's with me. She's a face, dude. If you look at the mm-hmm. writers on yeah. every single one of her songs and I'm not shitting on her. This is her job. This is like what right, the, right, right. And, and being a performer is its own thing. Something that I can't do. I have no idea how to be a performer. Hence why like I only get paid to write other people's music, but so it's like, it should be respected in its own right. But like back you said that you were alive in the 80s, right? The 80s yeah. might have been the last time that we will ever see actual musicians. Like those people in the 80s was like the last phase of people that wrote their own fucking music. Were yep, they real wrote the music, fucking they, they people. Played it. They yeah. had a career for decades and decades playing that music and whatever. Yeah. Um, but no, what I was getting at with where the is money that- is. What I'm getting with Swift is I don't know a lot of her music, but I know I formed my biases based on what she looks like already. I'm like, that's not sort of the type of people or whatever I usually listen to. And I've sort of have a preconceived notion already based well, on Well, you're her. an audiophile and I can yeah. tell you all of her songs are about three chords, four chords, probably the <laughs> same four chords. I, right. don't, I don't think you would. So I think your assessment, you were right, probably. Yeah, it's not my style of music anyway, but even if some of it was good, I'm just saying like I I didn't actually go and listen to a lot of her stuff to see if like what people say about why they like her music is true because it just I couldn't get past you know her sort of like poppy sort of vibe, I guess. I I just don't go into like I'm not into sort of like general pop style folks that much like I, I have exceptions like i liked like coldplay for example or something you know who became like popular in a sense like some of those indie type things i maybe i like but yeah i don't go for like pure pop usually well, because and, uh, pop pop is pop is and even less so women doing pure pop to me i don't know why is, but, it hey. is finely tuned meth um it, it, yes, is, it is it is made it is. to it is made to release as much dopamine in as many ears as possible and if you're a music 100%. fan you can be a yeah. fan of pop but i've noticed in myself as well as like as someone who really loves music it it's not complicated enough um like but what i mean by that also i also want to say is like you could make an argument in some ways that pop music actually is more complicated than any other kind because it's a finely tuned science. The problem yes, is that there's a not point. a lot of variation in that science. It's a, it is yeah. te- technical. It is technical from top to bottom. It's not, yeah. um, it's not, you're not going to hear weird uh, key changes in pop music. And that's, know? that's what I like about like, dead mouse is on the one hand he does all the dopamine stuff but on the other hand he has that ability to do that extra mile that you don't hear everywhere else and it's just like notes that don't follow each other normally that you're like oh that doesn't belong there but that's kind of cool and it tickles your mind in a different way um and another interesting thing is i don't know what the statistics are about this but like classical music it's something like the proportion of people who like classical music are generally much higher iq you like it's rare to find a classical music aficionado in like IQ levels below 95 or so. It's just not common at all. I wanted to be a classical, I wanted to be a classical guitarist is how I got into music. Love classical mm, really? music. Yeah, I feel like some of the best stuff I've made, like pretty much like even in the horror stuff, it's very inspired by classical music. I mean, like 
I compose. I'm a composer. Or maybe I sound like composition to math. But 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 it was like heavily inspired by classical music. But but I'll say like classical music nerds make me feel retarded. There's like some of the some of the few people on this yeah, earth that make people. me feel dumb. Yeah. I feel so dumb. I love classical. Yep. It is it is it is so complicated or oh you know what classical classical Um, music nerds make you feel dumber than like like some kind of like wine aficionado types but you know who who makes (laughs) classical music nerds feel dumb soul soul is is some of the most complex like that shit like all music is just math it's just math it's just puzzles so like i think most musicians whether I mean, if they're real musicians, they're like making their own stuff, not just throwing samples together. Um, Did you see Rick Rubin likened the creative process to keeping a diary? Oh, likened. Interesting. A the little bit, process, but, like, but, but also it's like, I mean, there, there's some of that, but like, no, what I mean is like soul music is so interesting because they broke they basically took a giant shit on classical music and essentially soul music is more classical than classical is it's like more complex than when you look at like um, um what did chords. you think of donda huh did you enjoy donda donda yeah kanye's donda, gospel like album kanye west no oh, oh uh i don't know maybe I'm really bad with names. I don't know if I've heard it. Kanye West? No, I'm bad with like like I've I've listened to Kanye West, but I don't know if I've listened to Donda. Like I, I have a hard time remembering like names of things. Yeah, you might have heard it. You just don't remember if that the name of it. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you're saying. Hmm. Huh. No, but so yeah, soul I've, music, I've... soul 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 is so interesting because you had like um you had these people um, in America, a black population that wasn't educated classically, that came to understand the rules of music better, better than people that like jack themselves off understanding music as a science, because that's that's what uh, like classical musicians are mathematicians. And then you had these people that came in, took a giant shit on their math, and somehow the math is more complex. Um, it's so interesting to think about. Sorry. It reminds me of how like Louis Armstrong the and such. process of um, creating social media posts is refining. Like you're you're iterating, you're emulating, you're propagating, you're interpolating, extrapolating, um, before you even hit the send button. Mm-hmm. You're kind of vibing with the, the the thing, yeah. It's like Louis Armstrong or something. Like like listen to like Kiss to Build a Dream on or something like that. And it's like um, you you would never imagine you would like that necessarily. Like if you probably heard the guy's voice just normally, you'd be like you wouldn't imagine the sound of that singing would be so interesting. But yeah, there was definitely a lot of interesting singers and just generally music out of that time that, yeah, just like it takes a little bit to sort of get used to it. But once you do, it's quite good. What what kind of music? Like Louis Armstrong and things like that. Is it, what genre is this? Oh, that's kind of more like, 
jazz and vocal jazz, really. Yes. But Louis Armstrong would be kind of like a quintessential example of that, I would say. I God, I fucking love jazz, dude. That shit. Oh, yeah. Jazz is awesome. In fact, they tend to feature... The Kiss to Build a Dream on, I believe, is one of the ones that they tend to feature in, like, the Fallout video game, for example, where my icon, my PFP comes from. Like, So there's a, a little bit of a retro vibe to that video game, and they add, they put a fair amount of that sort of vibe into the game. It's kind of cool. Wait, Sefi, do you have, um, you, I know that you, I remember listening, or we've had conversations about you being an audiophile. I have a uh-huh. couple questions that. Sure. Do you get um, shivers when you hear a like something that you like? Do you feel like shivers, or did the yes. hairs on your? Did you know only yeah. only a only a small percentage of people get that? And there's a bit of a like yeah. If I if I get like um, I think some examples of that would be um, hearing a certain type of music, especially when the room is tuned perfectly. So my like my sort of like theater slash audio room is tuned like very, very specifically. And I have like special bass transducers to hit like exactly 50 hertz sound in your chest and stuff. So it get like so if you want to talk about like max dopamine, I am the master of that. <laughs> like, you know, as far as like crazy. Have, have you seen how, what was Interstellar and, like? Um, yeah, phenomenal. Uh, like, yeah, because I have like like eight subwoofers all tuned to the listening position and I've done like there's a math system you can run the um, all of the devices through so you can EQ every single subwoofer separately so that you can create a sound field that with a flat um, bass response at the listening position where the main person sitting and um, that's really cool. But I also get shivers when like certain types of tracks I heard for the first time like um, like who had really really amazing um, Frank Ocean. But there's a few like Adele tracks that were very good like and when you first hear that with like a certain proper speaker set and you hear the voice and the per- like the absolute perfection that that is it just really kind of hits you um there's definitely some electronic music that does this to some extent dead mouse is the best at it i would i would think like if you heard dead mouse and then you heard it like in when when in in my room um because what's special about dead mouse is he actually created a lot of his stuff with a very very finely tuned um room as well so that when he's his monitor studio and he's making it he's it's like an amazing studio if you can watch him on twitch I have more questions. so but yeah like anyway what i was saying is like so um yeah there's like i do get shivers and i think it's an addiction it's a problem okay I have, wait like I have where more, hold on once you've shivered once from music you're looking for that fucking kick like yeah. You're looking for that drug listen man the rest I, of your life i understand wait i have more i have more questions do you um do you have any sort of synesthesia? I do not know. I know Never what it is, but wait, wait, wait. I can do this. Sort of... I can do this. Um candy apple. Okay, uh I have two more questions. One can you taste the candy apple? No, three more questions. Uh did your mother possibly have too much estrogen did you hear anything about your mom having too much estrogen in her when mm. when you were when you were uh, no when she was pregnant with you no no but i'm not sure that would have been anything they would have measured then anyway but not sure 
Last question. Why, why is like only certain people shiver or what? What do you mean? Uh, like, there's, there's a specific type of person. It's a diagnosis that's, or it's an idea of a possibility of something adjacent to autism where it's not autism, um, but mm. they have like a set of traits that I, I, I am a heavy believer in it um, because mm. I have all these traits. I mean, I've, My I've... last question is, have you tested, taken the Harvard test for tone recognition to see what percentile you're in? Um, my tone recognition is fundamentally terrible. Wait, really? Which is weird. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because I, when I played, so like when I used to play piano and stuff as a kid, um, we used to try to like a friend of mine who only had one ear, interestingly enough, he had, was born with one ear, literally um, he had to have a plastic surgery, create ear on this other side when he was a kid. He was really, really good at like just listening to a track and be able to play it back on keyboard. No, 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 no. that's whatever. not what I'm talking about. Me, I have a real hard time telling. Oh, you're talking about the, the higher about, frequency tone. Here, I'm gonna, I'm gonna send it to or, you, and you do it when you have earphones. You need, you need earphones. Like oh headphones. no, 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 I know what you're talking about. So I have speakers at home that actually go up to about thirty thousand hertz, not even just twenty. I can hear if you're asking me like what tones can I hear? I can no, hear all the I way up to know, like nineteen. I wanna know what percentile you're in in the world. I'm gonna send you a oh, test, okay. okay? Well now that test won't work just off of a phone or whatever. No, don't do you it. You have on to a have phone. speakers that you have yeah. to have speakers that can actually reach the higher. I levels. would I would use I would use headphones. I would heavily advise using headphones because the tone okay. it's not it's not are you pitch perfect? It's like mm-hmm. is this higher or lower? than the last tone. Oh, I see. And I it gets you. progressively more and more difficult where it it almost sounds like the same note. Understood. I'm yeah, curious, yeah, yeah. like for this specific type of person, cause I score in, I'm in the 99th percentile in the world. I'm, uh-huh. I'm curious, okay. okay? Just do yeah, it once, yeah. okay? Don't, don't. Not, I won't judge I don't yeah, want to toot it. my own horn, okay? But it's pretty tough yeah, yeah. to beat, okay? You don't gotta get where I Send am. Send me a I'm link just curious. or whatever to the thing. I'll yeah. send it to you. Yeah, yeah, I'll do that at some point here. Yeah, that's an interesting thing. So so it's like a test of like a specific kind of aptitude, not just how high can you hear a tone? Because I can hear quite high. Yeah, it's tone um, differentiation between two different notes. And like, I have a running hypothesis here that people who get those arm shivers, people that consider themselves audiophiles and also that mm-hmm. are possibly diagnosed with there's a diagnosis highly sensitive person were you ever diagnosed with that as a yeah I'm, I'm clearly like um i get irritated by like mm, annoying sounds and things for sure like to the extent that my house just as a reference the entire building i designed this and built this house the entire thing is not only foam insulated for like um like for reducing, you know, uh, heat and cold loss, you know, like for, for insulation perspective, but I actually put like, um, insulation in the ceiling and in the walls between the rooms to sort of deaden it even further. I live like the, the place that I'm sitting as is on bedrock where like, there's not much like, um, and there's enough, it's far away from traffic and things that I could reach a, like sub 20 decibel noise level without building a kind of like a fucking serious like quiet room but it's like my house feels more like a music studio than it does like a regular house so i'm really like 
And I also appreciate like if you go to a restaurant or something and it's been treated properly as far as acoustics and things of that nature. So yeah, definitely I'm a little like whatever you want to call it, obsessive, autistic, whatever in the creation of this. There is, there is a diagnosis or an idea of a possibility for a diagnosis in the future. If enough people get on board or they really start looking into it, but these people tend to have high IQs. Um, they tend to burn out in life. So they tend to be like very, or there's a lot of, and they're very like, I'm this, I'm not as particular as you, but like, Mm. for example, clubs, uh, bars Mm -hmm. can't fucking stand it. I can't like, like I become, um, I'm, I'm not a normal person. Like I've been too- to places where it's like, oh, the sound engineering here is really good. I'm comfortable here. I like it. And other places, it's a little bit echoey or something. The reverb's off. And I'm like, fuck this. It's annoying as hell. So, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely judgmental about that stuff. But I'm not so, like, nuts about it that I'm not going to stay at a party because it doesn't sound right. So I'm not like Wait, what do you mean? You're way more it. nuts than me. You, you like, you <laughs> yeah. just got done saying that you, like, put shit it's The amount in of your money walls. I spent on it. But what like, I'm saying is it doesn't, like, I don't go into a social situation where the sound is off and I'm going to have to run out of the room screaming or something. I'm not, like, nuts about it either. So I think, like, in my personal life, I do like to build this, like, I built a system that is very, like, if you saw how long I obsessed to get my subwoofers right, like, let me put it this way. Behind my seats are small um, mid-range speakers that sit right behind my back. And they subtly, like, are coordinated with the rest of my stuff to just give a little extra bass right there. Because the 40 to 50 hertz range is exactly that which gives you goosebumps from hearing bass. It's what clubs try to focus on when they, like, you know, you know boost the bass in a certain area. Car stereos do this and stuff. But specifically, you can't... R- replace the way sound transmitting through your chest actually feels with any other sort of technique which is why like you don't get the same experience like generally with music if you listen to say headphones than if you listen to live or whatever but there's a magic dopamine hit or whatever it is that comes from that feel and so that's like some of the obsessiveness i would say here that's why i love that's why so i have some electric guitars and my my instrument i play a lot of instruments but my instrument of choice is guitar i i never pick up uh, electric guitars because the body of the acoustic guitar will literally vibrate through my stomach and i'm addicted to it like you you know where you can find some of the you know where you can find these kind of audiophile dorks um if you ever wanted to meet a like first of all it's almost always guys i would say like 99 percent of people that are like this are men and the reason you know this is because if you go to any kind of conference that has this sort of equipment it's 99 percent guys and it's basically a sausage fest it's very funny um and the thing is like but the odds you're going to find people that like think in this way are very high at like places that they have like audiophile shows where they sell different speakers and shit and I don't even frequent them much. I went to like one or two of them and I just noticed how how specific that crowd actually was. It was like these are like it was like these are my people kind of thing. It was very funny. <laughs> and uh but they're like like way more dorkier than I am. So I'm like, fuck this, I can't hang around these people too long. Um it's one thing to sort of have a thing, but it's another thing to be just like a dork in other domains. You know what I mean? Like some people are so like single-minded about this sort of thing whereas i'm much more of a jack of all trades like this is just one of the rabbit holes i've been down of like dozens or whatever so that's why when when noob was saying or whoever was saying earlier like that like 
I don't find very many people that are have as many rabbit holes they've gone down as me. Like Bruce is one of those people that has, which is why we have such fun conversations about all the fucked up shit we've done. <laughs> like it's like uh, strange obsessions and things that we've gone down. But yeah, um, but that's where if you want, Zen, you probably actually would really enjoy going to like an actual event where they feature this type of tech. I wouldn't. If it's a sausage fest, I would not enjoy that. Well, I mean, just ignore the ignore who's there and just go sit down and just listen to different things. It's oh, it's pretty good. Like the really really high end um, uh, shows, not the ones that are like, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that's what use like places like Sedia and things like that, like the um, consumer uh, electronics. Something, something. I'll, I'll be back in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Well, you like there's some of these shows that they show up in California in different places. They're very good, and um, uh, you you get a sense for it. It's really it's really cool. Anyway, um, but yeah, some of that tech that people have built. I mean, think about like the type of music artists or whatever you want to call it, the obsessives that build this kind of stuff are the ones that hang out at those conferences too. Like the the people that develop it, they love this shit so much that they're going to spend their whole life fine tuning and creating tech to do this. Is really interesting group. What what um, are and they the people doing? That enjoy like, what do you mean, like? Well, just like building better and better like speakers, better and better amplifiers, better and better um, surround sound things, whatever, right? Like the people that create those um, really, really high end things. Like just for example, like the, 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 I guess like the surround sound processor that I have um, is called the Altitude and it came out like maybe, it's already been like maybe seven years or so. It's been out a while. It's still the best thing on the market even now, even after all these years. And it's basically a unit, like a, um, a surround sound processing thing that um, ran me about, I think I paid like $32,000 for it, for just the, that one piece. The speakers I picked up normally run about 50,000 bucks. I got them from Moldavia or some like sketchy vendor for like 32,000 or something. But the point is, or, but was like, no, I think I paid like 25,000 for like $50,000 speakers, but whatever it was. Uh, but like the crap that I have is very, very specific. And um, it's like, mm, it's, it's very like, you're on an asymptote to perfection once you get to a certain level. Like, are like, you, are you, you not, I mean? like, are you not a headphone enjoyer? Mm, no, to me, headphones aren't good enough. Like, I know good headphones. Yeah, like, I've played like, with all the different top brands and everything. Yeah. Wait, and what, I wait, think wait, for wait, certain what tasks, you, what do you think they're good. of Sennheisers? Yeah, they're good. Like, they're, Sennheiser. Um, I like literally, like, I like have, when we talk about like audiophile, I feel like that's such a good word because yeah. when I listen to music, it is like I tell people, like, my job is basically just to jack myself off. Like, that's my job. I'm literally, like, getting pleasure that's comparable to, like, sexual pleasure. Sure. Like, I'm literally yeah, yeah. just getting myself off making music. Not right, literally, right. but, you know Pretty I mean? much. It's the closest approximation, yeah. No, wait, what, what, wait, what's um, better than Sennheiser? Because I'm not a tech technical person. I just, like... It depends. But Sennheiser's like, knocked my socks off, and I am a headphone enjoyer. I like now, I don't the, know the very very latest as far as like what the quote-unquote best is but like a lot of professionals use sure like s-h-u-r-e um, i have one of those it microphones it depends like um yeah i'm not an ultra headphone geek like there is that's a whole nother like group of rabbit holers um to me the the if you are producing music and you don't have the money to create like a like a giga studio headphones make way more sense 
if you want to ha like reproduce bass appropriately, nothing can do that except like really long wavelengths. And you can't do that with the pair of headphones the same way. So it's like, that's why like Dead Mouse, for example, has this gigantic studio he's built. He spent probably like a couple hundred grand on that sucker just looking at it. And I can appreciate why he did it, because if you are doing like EDM style music and you want to know how the crowd feels or whether like an analog sound resonates in your chest properly, you really have to build it that way. So it's a little bit different. So like if you look at like how, what's his name? Like Hans Zimmer, you know, he does a lot of music scores. You obviously know who he is. And like if you look at his studio, like it's built with a gajillion dollars of equipment. And a lot of it is like to get the sound to sound like what an audience might hear in a movie theater or how the vibrations feel and the sensory the tactile feel of how sound travels through your body is just as important when you're making music at that scale um if it's more for like let's say you're making like for more video game type content the vast majority of people obviously are not going to be listening to it in anything except maybe headphones or maybe some tv speakers it's you know you don't have to worry about producing to that level but like so you want to produce the audience that matters. If most of the people that are going to listen to your stuff is on headphones, sure, why not produce it on headphones? But um, and there's a neutrality to headphones as well. So like if you're producing just at the at the you know workstation or whatever and using headphones, awesome. But ultimately, um, and the other problem with using live speakers is there's going to be a lot of variability. If you don't tune the room properly, you might think it's going to sound a certain way, and you're you're putting it down like too hot or too cold on the on the recording. But then, like, unless you have a separate producer, they're they're going to have to, like, tune all that shit afterwards. Whereas if you're on headphones, it's probably going to come out that way, like, more naturally. Because, But at the same time, headphones then are, like, some of them the, are tuned for the, consumer experience. They're not tuned for being neutral, acoustically neutral. The, the, the type of work that I do when I'm mastering, because what you're talking about is, like, you have to master songs so that they sound... I, it's actually a part of my process that I have to yeah. listen. Actually, it's the opposite. I need to listen to the things that I make um, through really, really bad speakers. So I'll I like see, yeah. play it on. Um, I have an Amazon. Uh, uh, what What is it called? The little, you know, the ball. Yeah. Alexa. I'll play Alexa, stuff yeah. on Alexa. Because, uh, <laughs> yeah, because since I'm making stuff for like industry people, their concern isn't that it sounds great in a booming room. It has to sound right. good to as many people on, on TikTok as possible. So right. You have to no, you're right. That's, that's, that's why I do most of my mastering through like a paper cup connected to another paper cup with a string. No, but but what I what I, what I mean more is like no, but unironically for pop music, like you do, you have to listen through really shitty shitty speakers. But yeah, um, and I agree. Like so, because a lot of like um, car systems and whatever, they're designed to play compressed music. So if you'd have wide um, dynamic range music, and then you suddenly try to port it through something else, it won't sound right. So you're right. Like so, what oftentimes happens is is that like uh, like Dead Mouse, for example, what he does is. He basically tunes it to the audio file, but he knows that certain frequencies are what you're going to hear in a club or whatever, because he does live as well. So what he does is he's like, he already knows what all that's about. And so what he does, he's already crafting with both concerns in mind at the same time. Because So it depends, yeah, like who your audience is and what they're listening on does matter. That and then when so a lot of these things become like... He masters his music because that is something mm -hmm. generally um, you pay someone else, especially at his level. He must really no, be an expert then. No, he is absolutely like an audiophile freak. 
like yeah like there's probably most he's one of those guys that because um only only like musicians know this but you don't upload mm-hmm. the same music file to Spotify that you do to YouTube. You have to compress yeah. it like 1% differently because different okay yeah. 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 Yeah like what what he does is um so I know, I don't know if he has like additional producer but he basically calls himself a producer not a musician cuz he's doing it all like he's doing it all electronic. He doesn't know how to play a keyboard to save his life for example. He's doing all on digital you know workstation i think he uses um mostly um ableton or something anyway the point is like he's using all digital anyway so he doesn't claim to be a musician he started as a music producer in a sense or that's what he calls himself and um so when he's playing live and he's djing he's sort of like mixing stuff that he's produced and whatever but he's not playing live anything in fact you can't play his music live it's not possible right it's like that type of electronic music so yeah, interesting stuff. But I like yeah, some people are do it themselves. But yeah, for for producing like the thing you have to be careful with headphones also is headphones like are oftentimes built not to be neutral, but to trigger dopamine as much as possible. So their bass response and everything else may not be neutral. Sennheiser like they might have some that are more like um, professional quality, which is like more for monitoring while you're making music, and they might have others that are more for like you know, the average consumer or audiophile consumer, they want it to sound really good and maybe boost a little bass here and there and stuff. What, what, they, what I'm asking, it, it's not for, it's not for like work. Cause I have my, I do have a studio. I'm, I'm in it right now. I'm actually building mm-hmm. furniture to make it look sick in here as we're talking. But, um, but it's more that like in the same way that you enjoy music from that thumping, I, I do have synesthesia, but I ha- I only have a panning synesthesia, so I I don't get it when um, I'm uh, listening through speaker. Like I have to have like a left and right scale to be able to see colors to like effectively jack myself <laughs> off. So yeah, like that, so like there's two. High so you're listening to I think what's called um, when you listen in headphones. I believe that's called was it stereophonic or. There's two different. So when you have two loudspeakers sitting in a room, it's different because the sound actually crisscrosses across each other to get to both ears. Whereas when you're listening to um, headphones, that's distinctly separated into two separate channels. Um, where what when you're listening in a live room, what's happening is two channels are being blended into a sound field. It's it's different. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so um, you this, must have a different feel of it. This reminds, me, that, this reminds me. This reminds me. This reminds me of something that I just want to bring up that you might be interested in, Sefi, because maybe you actually have the equipment to play this, but uh, I think it was the Flaming Lips had a, a record album that came on like four records and each record played a different like part of the instrumentation of the song so that you actually needed to set up like four speakers in a room to listen to the music the way that it was intended. And then you'd have that effect of the sound yeah, crisscrossing. Quadraphonic. It was a little, yeah, it was a different, it was a tech that was out for a while that people were doing. Was that any good? Did you did you get to experience any of that? Would it really, um, really mess I, up? I didn't feel like it was. Yeah, like yeah. I think Pink Floyd did some quadraphonic stuff like in the 70s and stuff. It's um, it's all right. Um, it's like early what we consider surround sound today. Um, I think that tech has dramatically improved with um, like Dolby Atmos and some of these other techniques. So I think a lot of that is like gone for the most part by the wayside. But the idea would be like, you're sitting in the middle of a space and let's say there were, I don't know, like 
there's like uh, instruments all around you for some reason. It's a weird kind of like, I don't know. It's probably more distracting than anything, but yeah, it's an art form. Pe- people do these kinds of things with surround sound and stuff, but um, I think the vast majority of people enjoy just like two speakers in front of them um, with maybe a little bit of ambiance around the room. I like yeah. the, I like the, I like the stereo thing only for bass. That gets me off. Like mm. there's like, and it's a specific frequency range of bass that yep. is really thumpy that I'm addicted to. Yeah, that's usually to. like right in that. Bathe like, in it. It's like right in that 45 to around um, like 60 hertz region. It's kind of, it's, it's called the thump sort of like, um, the thump zone or thump frequencies and, and nightclubs and everything are always looking for that. So like, for example, when you go by a subwoofer, it'll say, Oh, it's 20 Hertz and below. So subwoofers are, I mean, I'm sorry, 40 Hertz and below subwoofers are to create sound that is generally more felt than heard. So things under 40 Hertz, you can hear up, you know, down there, but like it's more of what you feel. And then the other thing is below around 80 hertz, you don't actually, you can't perceive stereo anymore. So, and, and not only stereo, but you can't perceive like where the sound is coming from in a room. It just permeates the entire room. So it's called non-localization where like, even if the subwoofer was sitting behind you or to the left of you, to the right of you, it doesn't matter. It just sounds like the whole room is just. Oh my fucking God. Wait, is that mm-hmm. what I realized this on my MacBook? I just mm-hmm. got a MacBook, and while I was watching um, a movie, I swear to fucking God, a part of the movie, I heard it behind me. And the MacBook's yeah. in front of me. Is that what you're talking about? So what can happen, so what makes things sound like they're behind you is, it's kind of weird, but if you have, um, so if you have sound coming from in front of you, but you play the exact same tone in both speakers, Sometimes it can sound like it's like literally behind your head. It's, it's kind of yeah, weird. It feeling. seemed like mm-hmm. intentionally done because it was someone like walk like it was definitely produced into the movie. Yes. Yeah, so what they're doing now in uh, what did you use? You'd use a, like what were you watching this on? I was just watching on my MacBook MacBook speakers. That's why I was yeah, like so, mind blown because I was like, how yeah, did this computer just do that? They're doing that. They're using the brain tricks like of spatial audio. And so probably you're playing it with spatial audio on, on your computer. And what that does is it uses known tricks, like this feeling that something's behind your head, and they incorporate that into the algorithm of something that they want to have sound like it's behind your head. Even though there's no actual speaker there, your brain perceives it as such. That's what that is. See, like that shit would be wild to implement into some of my horror stuff. Because like literally I make music trying to make you uncomfortable. That, and there's 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 definitely ways that. to do that by the way you can um you should be able to like get like a spatializer type of plugin or whatever and like experiment with it where like what'll happen is you'll have a sound and you'll have like a little dot on a you know like it'll be the human head will be in the center and then you'll have a dot you can move it around the person's head and it will make the sound even though it's only two channel sound sound like it's coming from wherever you put that dot does that make sense like you're you're targeting the sound to sound like it's from behind someone do you know so, yeah, if it's um, spatial- i'm gonna figure this out because like that that's why people pay me is they they'll say like this gave me nightmares 
after I listen to it. Like imagine okay. if I have a demon like whispering behind, right behind you. You have no yeah, idea. I've, I've experienced yeah, something a little bit strange. I'm wondering, I'm wondering if this is just some sort of um, human sensory hallucination thing, but like I used to, I used to watch TV or something on the treadmill. And then, so the, the TV's right in front of me, but I'm wearing like the Apple ear pods. And then when I would turn my head to go to, to, to do something or step off, it feels like the sound is positionally in front like in the direction of the, yeah, the monitor do that now. they do that so they do they keep track of where the sound is coming from and they make yes. you feel yeah okay so i'm not yep. crazy this time they, now they have this like um head positioning um thing baked in if you go into your like airpod settings you can turn that off and see how it feels without it but yes you can like let's say you like you know it's you're watching TV, for example, and you turn your head this way and that way, the sound will continue to come. Uh, it'll sound like it'll modify the volume and everything in your headphones. So it feels like the sound is coming from in front of where the TV's from, even though yeah. the headphones are. Well, I have it. On, I use so, an Android. I use an Android device for my sound or whatever. And so I get none of I get like none of the features that the, the people on like iPhones get. And so I probably don't even have yeah. a way to toggle that setting. I'm just glad to know that like I'm not crazy. In this From case. an audio perspective, yeah, Apple's much better than most of the Android stuff because the the headphones and the phone are actually built to work together, mm -hmm. whereas that's usually not the case on other systems. Yeah, I think, Apple yeah. spent a lot of effort on that the last five years or so. They um, I'll, I'll say this about Apple: I think that they have like really good hardware, really really good hardware, and sometimes I'm jealous of people who use it. Uh, I hate their software, like with a vengeance, <laughs> absolute vengeance. So I'll take like worse hardware. If I get something that that will do what I want, so it's too bad. I, I've always liked Dude. their software just fine. Like I've never had a problem with it. But like, and I use even like Apple's um, what do you call it, Logic Pro. I've used that. It's fine. Um, yeah, I've never had too many big problems with it. I think it's fine. I don't it's really the external. Like what it is for me is like because I switched over to a MacBook because I was my poor PC was I was putting it through hell with like how I produce. Because I have ADHD, so I was like running the CPU to its deathbed. Or I don't know, I was like ruining it. So I needed a better computer, but switching over to Mac has been a nightmare because of all the external stuff. It's like setting up my audio system to a MacBook mm. because nothing is made for Macs is Yeah, you have nightmare. to have a little adapter. It is so, yeah. yeah, you get an adapter, but then there's like a problem with the adapter. And then it's like <laughs> hours and hours and hours of frustrating shit like historically like historically a, a lot more music has been made on Macs because like Macs have largely built been built for like artists and musicians and stuff so yeah it depends on what crap you happen to have but yeah i've well, never had everything my Mac. whole sound system was set up on a pc so i i got mm. you know and it's a big fucking setup and a bunch of knobs go into a bunch of plugs and like if one okay. thing's messed yeah. up the whole thing's messed up so max it, it's just frustrating for me that like which you probably I have to buy special Mac cords. Do you have an external um do you have an external like digital audio converter or do you use just like the 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 I, sound output? I have an audio computer? mixer that goes into a sound system. Yeah, like like um yeah, I have a digital one. So what happens is is you basically wind up connecting um like either via USB or whatever, you can connect directly to that to the um the digital mixing system 
And that, what it does is it converts the audio like from digital to analog and allows me to like adjust various channels and things. And then there's like outputs that go to, you know, amplifiers and such for speakers and everything. So yeah, the, my Mac doesn't actually do much technically. The, it's just one wire that goes to the thing and that's it. Like, so I'm not sure why you had so much trouble, but. Because the, because the fucking, like, there's only three, there's certain things with Macs that make me want to like rip my face off. Like, why are there just three USB-C ports? And (laughs) if you put all three USB-C ports in at the same time, and one of those is another monitor it stops working like there's shit like this and like why is it usb-c everything (laughs) is fucking usb everything is made with usb everything when i'm using pc so why do i have to get usb-c ports you want to know what you have to do is usually go you just use a usb-c to usb uh, adapter it's like it's like yeah, yeah no it's but now I this have transition so but i like i like usbc a lot now that it's once once i have everything that like has usbc on it it's it is much better but yeah there's like if you have old shit the problem is it don't they don't connect but I'm yeah not, you just have I'm to have a, a little hub person so it, it so they, on amazon sick. they have these little 20 dollars things it's just like you connect your usbc and you can have as many usbc or usba or whatever ports you want and you just have a little thing and it works just great. No, yeah, I have the hub now, but there's okay. just other like it was just like I think in total maybe twelve hours of me screaming, fucking around with it. Yeah, like <laughs> for sure. It's just annoying. There's just certain things like about Apple or like the. I, I like troubleshooting that shit as like being like an audio computer nerd, I guess, and so it didn't bother me so much. But yeah, but yeah I can see about, why it would bother hold you. On. How are you going to, are you going to, would you also excuse that iPhones, you can't charge and listen to headphones without having a little fucking like adapter thing that makes the headphones That's sound funny. worse? It's called a dongle. What is the fucking excuse for that? Who approved that? Why? It's a dongle. <laughs> this is because Apple wants to make things as simple and streamlined as possible. And it's also hard to make a lot of the modern phones like phones like water resistant with the uh, with a headphone jack. Yeah, so they got I rid of it for like, real estate, basically. But it's terrible. I have I still have the iPhone 12. I haven't bought the last few. Like I'm, I'm going to go for the 16 when it comes out. But the the what I use is I basically use wireless for the headphones now. The Apple headphones are very good, and then like the the small ones, the Air AirPod Pro twos or whatever they're called. And then I just like plug the phone into that. Wait, so I don't have wired now? headphones you use a anymore. 12? Yeah, I don't have wired headphones anymore anyway, so I got rid of them. Um, oh. Yeah, so if you have wired headphones, yes. Um, it, like, but again, you, you know what you can do, Zen, is you can hook your headphones into your like, digital analog converter like, you know, mixer, and you can just use that instead, instead of trying to plug the... Well, oh, you're talking about your phone, not your laptop. Never mind. I, I literally yeah, just but, want to complain. Like, I'm upset. Yeah. The, Apple basically moved away from the idea of like, wired headphones because most consumers didn't want them anymore and that's just the direction they went and and to be fair like the airpod 2s are very good for as far as headphones and i'm and i'm an audio dork and i think they're very good now would you create music on them no so you you usually if you're going to have like studio production music you're going to do it with the wired headphones for sure uh because the amplifier the amplifier you need to get half decent bass and headphones you need an actual amp not the like whatever that that comes in most of these wireless headphones usually but anyway yeah it's like a <laughs> yeah the the needs of like a consumer and the needs of a music producer are a little bit different i think 
for sure. You, you get um what we call producer ears where like sometimes it's a bad thing because you'll literally be, you'll start hearing frequencies that people don't even know are there. And you'll mm-hmm. spend hours like messing with stuff that really doesn't matter because no one will be able to hear it. Exactly. But you are I, by I spend hours that. like fixing it so that it's perfect and clean. And sometimes yeah, actually, you mess you it up what? doing that. I, I told you you should go and hang out at like these audiophile events. I take that back. Don't do that. No, because I'm you're going to go now. down a rabbit hole that you cannot get out of. No, I think it would yeah. be sick to have because like it, for, it'd be like giving a drug addict more heroin or something. That's what it'd yeah, be like. For work, <laughs> I'm set. I'm good. Like I have everything I need. But just yeah. to like get my, yeah, jack myself off some more. That sounds fun. There are certain types of equipment that once you hear it, like you can't unhear it and it's going to frustrate you to no end because it's never going to sound like that again in your room, which is like, it's like falling from the Garden of Eden and like the fruit doesn't taste as good anymore or maybe the whatever. Like so with like, the, yeah, with I, the I tell people that systems? you should, you should not listen to the music in my room unless you want to like forever be tainted as far as like, you know, anything else you hear, you're going to be like, what the fuck is this? That's what's going to happen. I, I, I'm not kidding either. It's like truly um, ethereal. Like I have these like gigantic horn speakers. Um, in fact, type in, I can show you what they are. Go to um, if you, your, your computer right now or no. Yeah. So type in avant-garde audio, A-V-A-N-T-G-A-R-D-E. Um, and go to, yeah, there it shows up. They're in, it's dot D-E. So I believe it's like in Germany or whatever. And um, l- l- scroll down and uh, see what these things look like. And whoa, the the ones I have are called the Trio Three. They're the they're the large horn ones sitting side by side. Um, and um, they so they project with what's called an infinity horn. And what's interesting about them is is that the reason why they're so big is because once you get to mid-range and drivers, which is that really large horn you can see there in the um, on the side, you see the white three horns. There's like a tweeter. Yeah, the, engine, these look really yeah. cool too. Yeah, they're really cool. And um, so the 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 biggest one. So t- for horn speakers to generate mid-range at a reasonable um, amount of volume, you have to the horns start getting really big. So obviously, you can't just throw these in a random apartment because they just won't fit. But basically, um, you can see kind of like these large horns. And what's the magical feel that it has is normally when you hear uh, like tweeters and whatnot in a regular pair of speakers, a human being that you're listening through through those speakers sounds like the size of a human being. Like usually when you deal with like speakers in a room, you're talking about like usually one to one and a half inch dome tweeters. When you use these kind of larger horns, what you get is a sound that sounds like a human being that's larger than life, almost like you'd hear um, in a movie theater. Basically, they have usually horns in movie theaters, like JBL um, speakers they usually put in movie theaters. And these make a voice sound like you're at a concert a bit more. But when you close your eyes, it sounds like there is a literal human being standing in front of you that's 10 times your size singing. And uh, it's just, it's really, truly unforgettable. It really sounds great. And it's not like just some audiophile, like, you know, nonsense as far as like, oh, I'm not really sure, like, 
you know, maybe I hear a slight difference or whatever. No, it's truly epic. You like, you wouldn't be able to mistake it for any kind of subtle, whatever. Um, but yeah, like, and they make smaller versions of these too, like the, um, like, you know, if you want to blow some money, um, but yeah, like Wait, can, I don't see any prices on this website. How expensive yeah, the, is this? Stuff? Um, when I bought the trio, um, I think it was a generation two or something like, you know, the list price was like for the big, these are the big ones. These are like 50 K. And then like, they were like 25 when I bought it out of some dude in Slovenia somewhere or something like that. I like, he had it on some a site and he was sort of selling them kind of gray market. Where thousand dollars. Yeah. Like that's, that's like the, that was the, um, what do you call it? The, like the list price that, you know, dealers have to sell them at, but this guy was selling a gray market for about 25. Now, like you can get a lot of the similar effect from the smaller ones. Um, the first time I heard these was back when I was, um, in school, um, a long time ago. And, um, like they were so memorable. This is like, like shit. That was like 20 years ago or more. Um, I think it was the late nineties. I first heard this brand and I heard them long time ago in a store and they were so memorable. I'm like, I'm going to buy some of those one day. And I literally like waited and I didn't even, it, and I didn't even buy some until I literally built a house and a room and everything for them to go in. And I, I had not heard them again. This is the weirdest story. Like I have not heard this brand again since that time. And I pretty much planned all of this. When I ordered these speakers, I didn't actually go to Germany or New York or whatever to hear them. I pretty much ordered them just like, you know, without having ever heard them, because I just remember the memory of it for that. That's how long the memory of the sound persisted in my, my head. And I'm like, I've got to have that one day. And I actually bought the lower level ones first. It was like the, the, like the duo or whatever. You can see it on this website. And I bought that first and I'm like, hmm. I'm not getting the like the mid bass to sound quite right. I can't integrate them with regular speakers quite right. There must be something going on here. There must be a reason why they make the higher end ones. And I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to spend the money. <laughs> like, and I literally, I truly like uh, ordered these things and had no idea if it was going to be worth the money or not. Imagine spending that kind of money without you know like clicking a button on a computer screen or whatever. Anyway, I called the dude and I was like, okay, send him to me. So he did, and it was a, like a gray market vendor too. And I'm sending him a check for you know 25 grand or whatever. And I was like, am I going to get these things? Are they going to come broken? And this gigantic crates came to the house and I uncrated the thing, set it up. And I've been listening to them ever since. And Jeez, I've not heard dude. anything afterwards that like, I felt like, and I've been to these high-end stores, radio you know, shows and things. I've never heard anything afterwards that I felt like was life-changing enough to like change out to something even more hey, fancy. I actually like hate you right now because I'm hell so intrigued. <laughs> like I'm looking at this yeah. and I'm like salivating at the idea of producing with oh, these my like, God. banging if into my ears. Them, if you hear this thing like in this in a room and you'll be like, what in the actual fuck yeah, but dude, is going 50, on here? Thousand, <laughs> yeah. That's like... I'd say no, like and, and in this, the uh, lower 50,000 is about how much I've spent over all of the years that I've been saving and building a studio. No, like you can, about no, there, 50, you can find them way cheaper now. Let me, let me actually, let me look. Um, so there's a used um, audio place and they're pretty good. It's called audio gone audio G O N. And let me see if they have any here. Um, sometimes they come up for sale from time to time and they're like, they have different lower, like the lower end versions of them. Yeah, like they have a pair of like avant-garde duo trios here. 
um, yeah, this guy's selling them for like 23K and then there's another guy selling a duo for 10,000. So they're not cheap, but part of the problem is they're big. So it's like part of why they're expensive is just because like, you know, moving these Dude, things. And I wish that you had fucking <laughs> said this to me earlier because I just stress bought. Sometimes like I get stressed out and I just uh-huh. buy things out of stress. <laughs> I literally what did bought... you blow it on? Do you want to take a guess? Oh my God, what? No, take a guess. It's about um, how much? It's about ten thousand okay. dollars, which is a lot for me, by the way. Just you guess, blew ten thousand on what? Um, yes. Oh, uh, God, I'm not sure. I know you like perfumes and things. I bought. I stress bought a ten foot tall giraffe chandelier. <laughs> no. And it's getting here next month. Yeah. Oh shit. So <laughs> that's like a Michael Jackson move right there. I want that. I <laughs> I don't know where I'm going to put it. I don't know what all I know is I probably won't be able to sell it to anyone. And it's that's coming. A that's a trip. <laughs> like <laughs> I I would have rather I, bought yeah, this, but unfortunately this I don't have $10,000 uh, next time buy on things right now no but like um yeah but at the same time it's like if you don't have like a reasonable sized room like the thing about horn speakers is they're designed to have like you really need to be sitting about 16 feet or so from them regular tweeter speakers are designed for sitting about mm, eight to ten feet away so the the size of the room matters a bit as far as getting the the full effect. Oh, so this is the reason why anyway then because my apartment is big, the whole the whole thing is very big, but my studio yeah. is intentionally very small. Like because so, so that I can sing in it. It's like But I booth. can find you some stuff that's very very similar. So my brother's building a thing um soon and he bought something um he's getting some stuff that's substantially cheaper than this, but like there's an American company called Danley Sound Systems, and they make these like they're square shaped. They're not pretty like these, um, but they have like 99% of the effectiveness of them. And uh, but if you go to Danley, and you'll see like um, no, I like some pretty these. large. Parts. These look sick. These are pretty. I like the I like the vibe. Yeah, of yeah. These. No, these look amazing. When you look, you're like. Yeah, they're beautiful. And that's important. Like, I feel like when I'm making music, I, I always say this, but yes. things have to look nice around me. I, I always the mood clean. The mood matters for yes. sure. Yes. That is no, a there's vibe. no question. Like, looking at this, are, like, I want to know what I would make sitting that's in why front I of my, those. When I was designing this room for my brother, I said, like, do you want sound that's amazing and cost effective? Or do you want sound that's amazing, but you also want to have, like, some audio jewelry? Cause that's what we joke about in audiophile world, what that is. Right. Cause like you can make some things that are like even more like technically proficient, but don't look as nice maybe. Um, and he's like, um, no, let's go for the, like the most technically proficient, not necessarily looks. And I want, when we're wow, hiding the speakers behind the fabric. Wait, so do you, I have a question. Do you have these playing like in a room with windows or do you have like the entire wall foamed up? Well, like that's a whole story. Like, so the room has um, walls that are two foot thick for starters. And they're two foot thick, two foot thick. They have mass loaded vinyl surrounding the entire thing to like prevent sound from getting into the room. Um, And then they have like, then they have like some foam insulation inside. They have some different things. And then I have like a ton of diffusion on the walls, on the ceiling. 
through like the decor, like the the woodwork that was done on, this, on the walls. There's like the room has about oh, three houses worth of woodwork in it. If you can imagine the trim work of a house, like that's how much wood is in this house. It's extremely like specifically designed. I designed the entire thing like, and then I found carpenters who could fucking build this for me, which is like tricky. Anyway, but like, yeah, the, there's a whole effect there. And then there are windows in this room, but they can close with like shades. I didn't want this to be like a dark room like you would otherwise imagine. So there's windows behind these speakers. Horn speakers are interesting in that like they project forward. They do not bounce off the walls behind. So what's cool about that is normal speakers, it's not good to have like Wait, windows behind. How though? Like what? It's just the way that they project sound is different than like a dome tweeter, which but how so does if you it have not a normal bounce off of the walls to I don't it's know. Just the way the horn, it's just the way that horns produce sounds is very directional. This is why, like in a movie theater, you have like horn loaded speakers behind the screens to point towards the audience in a very specific way. So the 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 when you have regular speakers, you know, the ones you think of like that are just a, like a box with a couple speakers and like a tweeter. That part of the sound is spent bouncing off the wall behind and then hitting you. So they have a different type of characteristic, whereas horns are very directional and they just aim right to the listener. So you don't have to worry so much about room treatment with this type of speaker. So horns are generally and pro studios, right? Like usually have horns in them, too. Like they're not. Um, unless you're talking about like a studio monitor, which is like usually one inch dome. See, like again. I already know what I want. This is why I mm. need to be, I need a billionaire to just give me their fucking money. <laughs> Cause I know exactly what I want. I want big windows. I want this in like all wood. I want a wood, hardwood floors and like really mm -hmm. spaced out. And those big ass horns, like right at the front. So I can look out onto a forest. yeah the, the room i built i didn't want it to look like what you think of as a home theater or a theater like with you know like the funny carpet on the floor and it's all dark so actually the entire room is built like visually to be beautiful and that took a lot more effort and money to make that look because when you and my floors are stone so they're travertine stone on the ground and to get that to sound right when you have solid ground floors you have to have horns as well because horns don't bounce off the ground either they bounce, they, they, they direct straight to your ears differently than other speakers so that you could handle, it could handle hard floors without causing acoustic problems. Because if you're in a studio, right, normally you're going to have carpet, as you can imagine. So to diffuse the sound sufficiently so you don't have like crazy reverb with hard floors, all of the walls are sort of, for lack of a better term, bumpy. There's like woodwork um, type thing. And there are sort of like absorbers behind fabric, behind other materials and then like the ceiling is all like interesting not like in a studio way where it looks like you know you know how like you know quadratic diffusers and all this shit look like there's you know blocks everywhere and stuff no this is like this i designed to be not quite that but have a lot of the similar effect of that in a really interesting room with like really nice acoustics um you know what's crazy mm. um you know the taj mahal uh-huh yeah. The woman that it was made for, the I can't remember her first name, something Mahal. It means the, the jewel of the, yeah, yeah. Uh, something, yeah. She, the jewel of the palace. She was also an audiophile, and she had her bathroom set up so that the 
walls of the bathroom were mm-hmm. drums. And whenever mm-hmm. she took a bath, she would have a like a bunch of musicians come in and play music on the walls for her. That would like reverberate. <laughs> I didn't know that. Oh, she was so spoiled. I well, wish she didn't I live in the Taj Mahal. The Taj Mahal is just her tomb. That the, the no, no, no. I'm saying like the woman. Nearby. No, no, no. Yeah. Her pal- So her bathroom, the one that the Taj Mahal was made for. Okay. That woman had had this in her palace. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like this sort of thing you're talking about back in ancient times. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no people like, um, yeah, the, people started noticing like um, the benefits of certain sort of like acoustic acoustics with architecture over the years. Like take, for example, the cathedrals in Europe and stuff. They're very, very specifically built for the, all of that. Like the arches on the ceilings and everything are meant to sort of give a certain type of reverb reverb and all and uh, yeah that's like a technology um probably like something that you don't think about when you go to those facilities but pretty cool um yeah like acoustic spaces are very interesting um when when you go to a place that's acoustically built very well it feels very different to be in it that's a cool cool concept i have to go because i have to work yep. but yeah do that like um, i should too thing. you you also you want to know what else i stress bought Listen to this. Mm. Isn't that What sick? is that? One of those like hand drums or something? Yeah, I just opened it. What's that I thing called? Play it. I'll figure it out. Um, hand pan. I'll, yeah, hand pan. You, once I figure out, yeah. next time I'm in this space, I'll, I'll oh, play sorry. the song. I'll figure out how to play it and I'll come back and I'll have a, have a jingle. Nice. All right. I okay, got to cool. go. See you guys. Yep. We'll catch up later. Grin, I was going to drop off for a bit anyway. Um, Someone's trying to call me. Uh, So enjoy everyone's day. Hopefully people like to hang out for the banter. Anyway, we'll catch you guys later. Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of trash is under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Motherfuckers walking around here looking faceless Trying to make a living selling friendship bracelets Dead ants dragging out the max amount of payments Red down days got them acting all bankless Yo fam, what? Check these tokenomics They probing this bear, flexing broken honest I had to lay my soul down, I'm just roasting honest And then to end a long day, 11 bowls of chronic Never known the politic, I was born to frolic It's been my policy to pollinate all over the plot We got a lot of apologists jumping in at the top We like to measure their velocity before they hit rock bottom Over impossible loss, it's all moss And I'm liking the odds, fondue in the morning Forming mycological bonds Flick the cap, yo, the road is highly involved Flip a coin, diary falls Motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse? Misrepresenting the first come first serve mentality Teeth stuck in the burbs I'll be numbing up first Before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Sit and wonder about the worth and play Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Trying to figure out the max amount of dinner lay Stacked and non-toxic Just to get a better place Smacking on the hostage Like the shit is play for keeps Clowns, white knight, and all these Maybelines. They call it implausible When model after model keeps on Ripping off the coat and going full throttle beats Tearing apart your community all these low-hanging fruits bearing zero liquidity 
got a planet in reach, coming standard to each I'm on the back ten stargazing after the siege Commanding all the management to grab a few seats And then we'll round up the beasts and send a messenger east Y'all better sign a release when I'm bumping these beats Hands up if I got motherfuckers drumming the streets Yo, we got a few dubs, we got a couple defeats And if you're coming for the king, you better have some of each Motherfuckers, motherfuckers screaming out loud, looking for mercy Before they find themselves working a corner down in Jersey What could be worse, misrepresenting the first come first serve Mentality stuck in the verbs I'll be numbing up first before discovering what works And we'll see what other kinds of treasures under the dirt We rape and plunder the earth Say and wonder about the worth and plate Ring around the rosy while the thunder is served Spaces. <laughs>